Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living by the Law, the podcast discussing fictional worlds and how wondrous and ridiculous they are. My name is Matt, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jude and Guy. Living by the Law is not currently sponsored. If you'd wish to sponsor us, start running now. When you're down to your last breath, whisper your sponsorship offer under it. We will hear you. We always do. This time, a Living by the Law, we are looking at Brandon Sanderson's Awakening Magic System, taken from the book Warbreaker, set within the Cosmere. This episode will contain spoilers for Brandon Sanderson's Warbreaker, as well as any other books within the Cosmere. been so long everybody welcome back well if this is on the if this is on schedule there'll be one episode before this so it wouldn't be that long <laughs> no it, no it, we, 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 that, that's that's kind of the point i was trying to get at but anyway um <laughs> <laughs> we're going well um we're going well we're going well are we going well are we going well i'm not going well because this intro is making me physically sick because this is just fucking poison. Come on, guys, you, be funny. What do you mean? It's the end of the day. We gotta have some vibes about us. What's what, what do you mean? What do you mean? What's the problem? Why have you got a book open? We're recording. I my, know. My guy settled in for the recording. He's like, fuck it, book time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need it for my episode. It's very important. We were ah. here at Living by the Law. We look at primary sources as well as many secondary yeah. and. Uh, Trinitary sources. What's that? Thirdary? Do secondary sources include the wikis that we read? Because, I was going to I mean, say, if a book doesn't have a wiki, then I'm not covering it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Um, just realizing I was meant to preemptively open a couple tabs and I mm-hmm. forgot to, so we're just going to kind of do them real quick. Oopsie mm-hmm. doopsies. <laughs> do you want to um, do. I, I have a fun fact to start us off. Go fun fact time. Did you know that our, oh our, our, in Skyrim, Argonians do not develop their reproductive organs until they have licked the sap of a history? I did know that, actually, because it's a plot point. That. It's a plot point in Elder Scrolls Online, one random quest. Yeah. Without a history fun nearby, fact. the eggs laid by Argonians will not survive yeah. in their pods, and thus one has to be around in order for Argonians to reproduce. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm. Um... Okay, well, welcome back, everybody. We have a brand new episode from me, and um, I'm not going to give you too much of an introduction. I'm just going to start, um, and we're going to try something different, and we'll see how long you guys last. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Yeah, what? What's your favorite reproduction in fiction? Um, <clears throat> uh, I like the one from... the. What's the movie with Big Weld in it? Robots. Robots. It's just in robots. robots. You just get you just get a delivery package and you just <laughs> assemble it. Get that shit on the ex- Amazon Express, Amazon Prime, baby. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think? So do you think Big Weld made himself that big? Do you think, do you think that was a, a just purpose to make Big Weld as big as he was? Do you think he was called Big Weld before he got that big? That's a good point. What did he call? Did, was he born big, or did he? Was he just called Little Weld? <laughs> did he earn that title? That's, don't laugh at that. That's a bad joke. Did he earn the title of Big Weld? Okay, so, jumping right into it. Here now, said one of the men looking through Vasher's duffel. What's this? Vasher had always found it interesting that the men who watched dungeons tended to be as bad or worse than the men they guarded. Perhaps that was deliberate. Society didn't seem to care if men such a... Uh, 
if such men were inside or outside the cells, as long as they were kept away from more honest men, assuming such a thing existed. Ex- excuse me, from ex- Vash's Jude, bag, Jude. a guard pulled what? This is the the podcast uh, session, not the uh, Wattpad sharing um, session. When not- <laughs> correct, now shut the fuck up. From Vash's bag, a guard pulled free a long object wrapped in white linen. The man whistled as he unwrapped the cloth, revealing a long, thin-bladed sword in a silver sheath. The hilt was pure black. Who do you suppose you stole this from? The lead guard eyed Vasher, likely wondering if Vasher was some kind of nobleman. Though Hellandron had no aristocracy, many neighbouring kingdoms had their lords and ladies. Yet what lord would wear a drab brown cloak ripped in several places? What lord would sport bruises from bar fight, a half-grown beard, and boots worn from years of walking? The guard turned away, apparently convinced Vasher was no lord. He was right, and he was wrong. Let me see that, the guard said, taking the sword. He grunted obviously, surprised by its weight. He turned it about, noting the clasp tied the sheath to the hilt, keeping the blade from being drawn. He undid the clasp. The colours in the room deepened. They didn't grow brighter, not the way the guard's vest had when he approached Vasher. Instead, they grew stronger, deeper. Reds became maroon. Yellows hardened to gold. Blues approached navy. Be careful, friend, Vasher said. That sword can be dangerous. That little segment there was um, to set the tone for the episode today as we dive into another wonderful tome from Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere. Um, Brandy Sandy! <laughs> we're back My to favorite. Brandy Sandy. Oh, um, God. And we're going to be talking about another fun <laughs> magic system. Was that a fake yawn? Yeah. That's terrible. I need, I, need, I need more bedtime stories from Jude. God. I only knew that was a fake yawn because I can see you and I can see you stretch your arms above your head. It sounds like editing this. slow motion yelling. I'm, I'm editing it to be Matt going. That was really nice. Thank you, Jude. Um, anyway. Um, I said, moving you on. can't have peace if I can't have peace in my episode. Um, <laughs> moving on. The, you may remember the last time we talked about a Brandon Sanderson novel or anything Magic System related, we talked about Mistborn and the Allomancy, Hemology, and Ferrochemy systems all based around metal and... That's me enjoying some metal. Okay. I, I've, I've yeah. heard a jab People in were me eating. People were eating metal to develop powers and drain powers from them and use them for various different things. This one is going to be have some similarities and some differences as it is based within the same writing universe, not the same world, but the same universe. Um, and the key thing that will get us started on this... Um, you may remember from last time I talked about the fact that each of Sanderson's worlds was based around different gods that were all connected. Um, and we had the key ones in the Mistborn series where the evil god Ruin and the good god Preservation, who were two opposing forces, were the foundation of magic in this world. There are 16 other gods in Sanderson's Cosmere, and... We're going to be looking at a different one today called Endowment. Um, Endowment, yes. Endowment was once a mortal known as Egli, now the holder of Endowment. Endowment has her own world, unlike Ruin. Um, She doesn't have to share with any other gods, which is pretty rare for Sanderson's worlds. Most of the time he likes to play a couple gods against each other, three gods, four gods, whatever. 
endowment just has a world all to herself and gets to create her own magic system, which is fun. Um, and the intent and nature of endowment is, of course, based around the bestowing and giving of talent, ability, gifts, etc. That's not to say that endowment is always forced to give aid and help, but it is in her nature to give rather than to take. In the same way that when we looked at Ruin, his nature was about destroying and causing Ruin. Um, this is going to be a key theme of the magic system for today, which is called Awakening. Cool. God damn. I'm pretty asleep, so maybe you could awaken me. Uh, we live in the same house now, so I totally could. He's going to come uh, upstairs and beat you. No, I'm scared. <laughs> so wait, is it... Okay, just a, I know you're going to get to this, but Endowment mm-hmm. presumably is more of a neutral god if she's the only one then? Yep, very much so. Um, so out of all of the novels that Sanderson has so far, Endowment is one of the is the god that's kind of done the least and had the least to do with the grand overarching background stories and stuff. She's very much a... This is my world. I'm sticking to it. You other gods can do what you're doing. I'm staying here. You don't come here. I don't go there. Isolation, it's sort of neutrality. So Okay, but also beyond that, inside her own world, she's relatively neutral? Or is there... Very be... much so. Okay, because I was looking forward... I had a thought. Maybe she's a good god and all the bad guys are just like Omega thieves stealing god powers, because that sounds like it would kick ass. But be that as it may. They kind of are. For... Um, okay. This world... Can I? Yeah, man. Um, the you had the 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 what was it? Perseverance and destruction. Ruin. Ruin. Ruin was a mist mist creature, scary mist boy, and uh, the other guy was like a guy in like a in brown. I remember him wearing brown and like a pretty shabby clothes. Is that correct? Um, that was other way around, but yes. Oh yeah. Okay. What is what is this? What does this god look like? Um. We don't have lots and lots of information because as Guy was theorizing, endowment and the mortal that was, but the mortal before endowment was a thing, um, Eggly, we don't actually know a lot about her because she's very distant from the narrative. She's very distant from everything. We have some very loose descriptions of what she used to look like, at least as a mortal, um, which I can quickly read to you if you would like i'd love that tell me i always love you um where is my one of this um uh, 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 that's right there's the image of her i had um so sort of Darker tanned olive skin, very long flowing dark hair, and very colourful clothing is always the thing with her. There is going to be a very strong theme of colours throughout this entire system and world, mm-hmm. as we'll um, get into. As I alluded to in the passage that I read out before of colours decreasing or strengthening within the room. Yeah, I'm, s- um, I'm sick of the elemental skiz- like base of, like, most magic systems where they're like, ah, it's the schools, enchantment, conjuration, or it's the elements. Those are the two that I mainly hear of. Mm-hmm. So happy to hear about some colors. Yes. If they end up is... basing the colors on the elements or something like that, I'm going to go apeshit. There's but... a lot, no, there's a lot there of is... different color-based ones. Yeah. Like a lot of like energy is on like the electromagnetic spectrum. So uh, they have a different, different like uh, power like that. Like a lot of energy-based people have a different color mm. and they all combine. Or like, for example, the... 
uh, green the lanterns in DC Comics. They're all a different mm. color and they have a different power. There's a bunch mm. of different medics okay, in these I, colors. I, I get what you're meaning, yeah. It's just um, yeah. this one. This one color is a very the color pitch and music art. All of that is a very strong theme throughout this magic system. Bard universe. Yeah. Oh, legit. A bard in this world would actually be quite good. Um, Let's go bards. Yeah. Um, so moving on, we're going to continue a little bit more of this little passage from the side of the book because this will give you a little bit more of a taste of things that can happen with this magic system. This is so authentic. Um, Jude's actually got the book in his hand. This is amazing. I I'm do. so used to being like copy pasted wiki quotes. No, no, no. We went hard. We went. We went OG with this one. Um, so as you heard, our main character here, Vasha, is stuck in a prison cell and he's just had a sword taken off of him, which we will come back to later because it's a very fun character. That sword. Um, yes, the sword is a character. Um, then, moving on. So, the door thumped shut. Vasher immediately knelt beside the patch of straw, selecting a handful of sturdy lengths. He pulled threads from his cloak, it was beginning to fray at the bottom, and tied the straw into the shape of a small person, perhaps three inches high with bushy arms and legs. He plucked a hair from one of his eyebrows, set it against the straw figure's head, then reached, to his, reached into his boot and pulled out a brilliant red scarf. Then Vasha breathed. It flowed out of him, puffing into the air, translucent yet radiant, like the colour of oil on water in the sun. Vasha felt it leave, biochromatic breath, scholars called it. Most people just called it breath. Each person had one, or at least that was usually how it went. One person, one breath. Vasha had around 50, just enough to reach the first heightening. Having so few made him feel poor compared to with, compared to with what he once held. But many would consider 50 breaths to be a great treasure. Unfortunately, even awakening a small figure made of organic material, using a piece of his own body as a focus, drained away some half of his breaths. The little little straw figure jerked, sucking in the breath. In Vash's hand, half of the brilliant red scarf faded to grey. Vash leaned down, imagining what he wanted the figure to do, and completed the final step of the process as he gave the command, Fetch Keys. The straw figure stood and raised its single eyebrow toward Vasha. Vasha pointed toward the guard room. From it, he heard sudden shouts of surprise. Not much time. The straw person ran along the floor, then jumped up, vaulting between the bars. Vasha pulled off his cloak and set it on the floor. It was the perfect shape of a person, marked with rips and matches that matched the v- scars on Vasha's own body, its hood cut with holes to match Vasha's eyes. The closer an object was to a human shape and form, the fewer breaths it took to awaken. Vasha leaned down, trying not to think of the days when he'd had enough breaths to awaken without regard for shape or focus. That had been a different time. Wincing, he pulled a tuft of hair from his head, then sprinkled it across the hood of the cloak. Once again, he breathed. It took the rest of his breath. With it gone, the cloak trembled, the scarf losing the rest of its bright red colour. Vasha felt dimmer. Losing one's breath was not fatal. Indeed, the extra breaths Vasha Vasha used had once belonged to other people. Vasha didn't know who they were. He hadn't gathered these breaths himself. They had been given to him. But of course, that was always the way it was supposed to work. One could not take breath by force. Being void of breath did change him. Colours didn't seem as bright. He couldn't feel the bustling people moving about in the city, (coughs) a connection he normally took for granted. It was the awareness all men had for others, that thing which whispered a warning in the drowsiness of sleep when someone entered the room. In Vasha, that sense had been magnified fifty times, and now it was gone. The cloak jerked. Vasha leaned down. Protect me, he commanded. The cloak grew still. He stood, throwing it back on. The straw figure returned to the window. It carried a large ring of keys. 
The straw's feet were stained red. The crimson blood seemed so dull to Vash now. He took the keys. Thank you. He always thanked them. He didn't know why, particularly considering what he did next. Your breath to mine, he commanded, touching the straw person's chest. The straw immediately fell backward off the floor, life draining from it, and Vasha got his breath back. So that is, in essence, pretty much a descriptor of everything that happens with this magical power. You can create objects and you fuel them with magical power. In this universe, it is known as breath, which we will explain what that is a little bit more. But that is basically as, as fundamental and basic as this magic system is at its core elements. You get to create a thing, and you get to give it a command, and it does the command. That's great. What the fuck? I'll, fuck Vasha. Little straw man's my new guy. <laughs> oh, there's so many little straw men in this. I, I, oh, yeah! I love the sass in the little straw man. He's come. He's just been born, and he just he raises a single eyebrow. He's like, exactly. what the fuck do you want? What do you what, what he's he, vibing. I, he just brought me the fucking life. He, he's like, he's like if, uh, if Frank, if, if um, the monster in Frankenstein had some sass. Like he's like, the fuck you want? Yep. Where would you bring me the life? Is... Piece of shit. Piece of shit. You want? You want me? Yes. You want my help? Um. So, um, to begin with, we will. I will tell you guys about what is a breath. What uh, colors well, a breath? It can. It can sort of be thought of as a soul in this world. Your soul. Your very soul. Uh, biochromatic breath is the full name, as I said there, and it is a form of investiture, the magic juice, which in Cosmere. Juice. The I word investiture. We've got to love the magic juice. Every system yeah, got magic look, juice. It's, uh, you probably won't remember, but in the Mistborn books, the metals were called the investiture. It's just... Uh, yeah, yeah they were just the hard so juice. So investiture, yeah. So in Sanderson's Cosmere, investiture is the name that basically just means thing that fuel magic, and it can be a lot of different things depending which god it's come from. So breath or biochromatic breath is the investiture magic juice that's associated with endowment. Um, unlike the other magic systems in the Cosmere, breath is a form of investiture that is the hardest to get lots of and easiest to get any of. Um, yeah, I, I got right And what here. I mean by that <sighs> is... <sighs> Uh, got some breath right here. Exactly. But man. to have, but to have tens of thousands, it's really fucking hard to get. I breathe a lot of compared that. to especially when I'm running. Um, okay. Um, compared to something like the medals one, where ultimately you can just go and get more medal and you have it. It might be hard to go and get in the first place, but you can just keep getting more medal if you know the right people. Rock and stone, um, baby. Quite legit. Quite literally. Um. So, in line with endowment's nature, everyone born in endowment's world is born with a single breath. Breath bestows upon you a couple of things. The ability to see vibrance in colour and the ability to hear harmonic resonance. A little bit more physical fortitude and a little bit of basic immunity against some disease. And life sense, aka the feeling of being watched, that sort of loose seal, you know, the feeling that you will get but it's not really a scientific thing. Vibes. Um, can, I, can I? Yeah. So, so are colorblind people in this world soulless? Um, did, did, effectively, yeah. That's what that we get. We that. will get to that. Brendan Samson is uh, ableist and uh, hates all <laughs> colorblind people. <laughs> Shut the fuck. <laughs> and they have no souls. Oh this particular this particular <laughs> world, you don't want to be colorblind in. And, um, and we, we we support the message. I was enjoying a story the other day from work where someone got sent to do arranging <coughs> apologies, mm. at the pen stand um, 
before the manager who sent them realized that they were colorblind and kept fucking it up. <laughs> which was hilarious because funny. they then That's sent another person to come help them. And guess what? <laughs> they were colorblind too. That's <laughs> Two colorblind people working at the same stationary store, both sent to go and rearrange the pen stand. Absolute oh. fucking comedy goal. Oh my God. Um, I've been wanting to watch that. So the thing, so the thing on this um, as you may have heard me say, the um, harmonic resonance, ability to see some better vibrance in colour, physical fortitude, the basic person from this world is a little bit maybe stronger, you could say, than people from some of the other worlds in Sanderson's Cosmere, because everyone has got that little bit of investiture in them. Whereas in other worlds, it takes something special to let you get any investiture. Everyone's got a little um, bit of magic. They do, this world. Exactly. It's in line with endowment. Everyone gets a little gift, you know? Um, however, um, the way that it starts to get a bit quirky is when we start to play with the different number of breaths that people have. Um, so with these breaths, we have a few different people and things that exist in this world. Um, we have a drab, who is someone that's lost their breath, and they have none. Colorblind people, got it. Um, they become effect- They become a little bit colorblind, yeah. Um, we have an awakener, who is someone who uses the breath to awaken objects. We have lifeless, which are dead creatures brought to life by awakeners. And we have returned, who are gods. How many gods are there? Um, Wait, what? Moving on. Um, from okay. here on out... No, um, don't get our questions <laughs> Oh, you will. Um, from here on out, all of our knowledge of, of this magic system, breaths, everything, comes from in-world scientists known as the three, the five scholars, um, who are a few immortal beings who first really started pushing what was capable with these breaths and began searching for new ways to use the powers. Uh, they caused most of the wars in history of this world through these discoveries <laughs> as they... Discovered things that suddenly one nation could use mm. a massive advantage over another, and one thing led to another, and yeah, yeah, um, Oppenheimer I moment. Yeah, I have mil- military yeah. funding is a great way to advance the technology. Yep, mm, gotta love a few um, world wars sure is. just to push ooh, the economy. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, so that's the other thing about this magic system that's kind of interesting, and you'll see more and more. A lot of it is we don't really know the full breadth and like how far it can go um the full breath simply because oh i like that yeah exactly good joke good exactly joke. thank you thank you that one was i was trying to put emphasis on it um and that's simply because it's a pretty it's it's a very well developed magic system but there's not a lot of books using it yet there's literally one book that uses this magic system and then otherwise it's a magic system that you see in the background of some of sanderson's other books like you know you'll be reading a completely different book series and then a character will suddenly do something in the background where, like, a sheet moves in such a way that's impossible for a sheet to move, and it's like, ah, Awakener, cool, nice. It's a, go- it's um, a ghost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, to really dive into these powers, we need to talk a little bit more about breaths and what happens when you get more breaths and the different powers that you unlock as you get more breaths. Um, I'm imagining. So, can I? Can I? Can I? How are these breaths transferred? Because what I'm imagining. Uh, that is my next question, actually. Oh. So you've set it up well. Can I, Bearing in mind I, everyone in this world is born with one breath, any guesses as to how you get more? Uh, you do the uh, Dementor's kiss. You know the really creepy thing in the uh, third Harry Potter movie. You suck their soul out enough to give them a little smooch with your horrible mouth. 
Suck it up. Any guesses, guy? Uh, my bet is um, you do that fun, that funny little thing that the Western world's been doing for for a couple years now. Sex. Um, capitalism. Oh. <laughs> Sex. Excuse me. Why would I specify the Western world? Yeah. <laughs> they haven't discovered sex. In the rest haven't. Of the world, yeah. No. No one else has discovered <laughs> sex. Well. I hate to say it, but if we take Guy's capitalism answer and Matt's Deventusuck answer, put it together. Capitalism sucks me. We're actually not too too far off of the truth. Fuck (laughs) capitalism. So, um, in line with endowment and bestowing gifts, breaths can only be given willingly and they can only be given all at once. Ooh. If you've collected 5,000 breaths, you can't only give 2,000 of them to your mate. Uh, you can give them all or you can give them nothing. Um, like, So getting into the capitalism side of it, like all of Brandon's magic systems, the breath has a very direct attachment to the currency in the world. And that is that the breaths are worth a crazy amount of money. Um, and people see them as things that if you're rich, you fucking buy breaths off of people and hoard them. And if you're really poor, you can always sell your soul to get your life back on track and have some money to eat. Actually, I just had a thought. I was pointing at the camera for the last little while there because something mm. occurred to me about the fact of partial transfer of breaths. Mm-hmm. Because in the previous in the previous example given, you mm-hmm. specified the little straw man took, by my calculations, approximately 25 breaths to mm-hmm. awaken. Would mm-hmm. that not be a pretty good way to transfer a half a breath? And they suck his soul. Uh, no, so what? we will what? get in. That is actually what I just solved the magic system, was... and you're saying no. God damn it! <laughs> because that's not how it works. Um, okay. One of the I want to ask another question. Um, when okay, you... do you want me to I... answer that? I'll answer that question first, then you can answer ask your other one. Okay. Um, because it's also one of the things I was going to say about breaths coming up now. Um, your breath is once you've been given it by someone it is your breath if you put it into an object you no one else can take it out of that object no! that object that object is just an object to anyone else um so it's good because you can store breaths in things but it can't be taken by someone else why would you store breaths um, by someone else though quite possibly uh, well, maybe because <laughs> if you have too many breaths then you get like psychedelic mat what about <laughs> well, it why would you store breaths when people can't take them for you will, um, without willing um, wait we will get it what if that. you store in an object and then give all your breaths to someone and then suck that object up ah uh, yeah you can do that well then you can do it hey, hey we, we win I was going to say it'd be really hard to split a point. the point is the breaths that you've got in you you can't just give them to someone yeah Okay, that's fine. You can give all of them or none of them. Just, Either way, if you give breaths to someone, you go to zero is the idea. You just carry a little straw man around. And man, how much do you owe you? 25? And give it a... <laughs> come, come here, come here, give me a kiss. Give me yeah. a kiss. Oh, I can kiss the homies. But the, problem, but the problem with that, Matt, then, is that you have all of your breaths stored in a separate object that you are currently in possession of, and you have none. So if the guy knocks it out of your hand and shoot and shoots you in the leg you got no breath baby yeah but he can't take the yep. object out of things so it'd be more willing for him to to not shoot yeah, but me he can just destroy it he can just fucking that'd, that'd destroy be rude. it and stop you what if you're a warlord <laughs> it's rude anyway, rude my other question my other question yes, yes. is uh, it 100% efficient if I put um, 25 into straw man to waken him do I get 25 back yes cool oh so there's no wastage at uh, all even if he, he's like what, no. what if he has those breath for like 
a year and it still sucks it still gets twenty. No, it doesn't degrade. Damn. That's pretty nice. Yeah. At least it at least in the context of this book and the knowledge that we have from this book, it doesn't degrade. Maybe in like a future book they'll find something that's like seven thousand years old and they've degraded, but I don't think so. Nice. Um, it's a pretty set thing that the breaths are the breaths, because uh, the idea of as well is that it's someone's soul, um, and that does very. It is one of those things that depends which nation the perspective characters are in in the book. To some nations, your breath is your literal soul, and the thought of giving it to someone else is like complete sacrilege. And like, how the fuck could you do that? Um, Whereas to some people it's like, oh yeah, I saw my breath the other week. I was, you know, in between paychecks, but I'll buy it back. I'll buy I'll buy a breath back next week when I get paid. That like that's just something. I like that. That's good. Um, and it's very common. It's very common for people to become a drab for a while, then buy a breath back, buy a few breaths, go ah shit, need some money again, sell all the breaths they've got, be a drab again. Like that does just happen in the it's world. It's bonds. They're buying bonds. Quite literally. <laughs> um. So, um, examples of... We're going to go back to the book again. We're using... I'm trying something different and using the book a lot this time, and you guys are loving it, I can I'm tell. Lo- I am loving um, it. I do like Lovely. story time, I'll be honest. I feel like we're just making an audiobook at this point, but I'm uh, a bit like story Well, time. that's fine. It also um, does fill me with a certain amount of dread seeing you with an open book in front of you, because the only time I really <laughs> see that is when you're DMing a D&D campaign, you're checking the rule book for something, and I'm nervous that's about true. the outcome. That's true. Can I um, can I ask a uh, a weird question? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Splitting a check at a restaurant with souls that'd be terrible. You know, no restaurant. That's not a, that was not a question. I'm just that's not a question. Yeah. No, you're right. You don't. So question. people do people do still pay. Like gold is still the currency. It's just that breaths are worth a lot of gold. Is the idea. Um, so it's not like some systems of Sanderson's where the magic has completely replaced the currency. Uh, like you wouldn't walk up to someone and go, oh yeah, uh, I'm buying my groceries for the week. I'll give you a breath for it. Um, here's a, th- a, a $10,000 bill. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the idea as well is that a breath is worth so much money that like, if you were paying for something with breaths and not gold as a middleman... It's, it's a very expensive thing. You're getting an <laughs> artifact or some uh, yeah. fucking house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like, they're worth a lot. Um, I'm buying Pokemon and, you cards. Know, no matter... Sorry? I'm buying Pokemon cards. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, Great. We know exactly how long you'd last in this universe. Thanks. Um, so, to give you guys an example of what it's like to be giving and receiving breaths thing that's happening a lot in this uh, magic system... Um, this is a different passage from the book, um, a bit later on with different couple of characters. Um, at that moment, Lemex stopped his mumbling. He looked up, meeting Vivenna's eyes. His hand was still on her arm. My life to yours, he said in an eerily clear voice, his grip tight on her arm as she jumped back. My breath become yours. A vibrant cloud of shifting, iridescent air burst from his mouth, puffing towards her. Vivenna closed her mouth, eyes wired, hair white. She ripped her arm free from Lemitz's grip, even as his face grew dull, his eyes losing their luster and his colours fading around him. The breath shot toward her. Her closed mouth had no effect. The breath struck, hitting her like a physical force, washing across her body. Oh. She gasped, falling to her knees, body quivering with perverse pleasure. She could suddenly feel the other people in the room. She could sense them watching her. And 
as if a light had been lit, everything around her became more vibrant, more real, and more alive. She gasped, shaking in awe. She vaguely heard Parlin rushing to her side, speaking her name. But, oddly, the only thing she could think of was the melodic quality of his voice. She could pick out each tone in every word he spoke. She knew them instinctively. So that is a little bit of an idea of the sensory overload that you get when you gain a sudden crap ton of breaths at once. I don't like it. Was, so that's ugh. that's someone going from having just one breath to I think she gets like a few thousand in that scene. A few thousand. And if you consider that each breath, just your one breath, is intrinsically tied to your five senses, imagine timesing that by like ten. I don't know. Let's say six thousand in point two seconds. Die. You die instantly. <laughs> your yeah, brain overloading. You have a stroke. It's it's a big shock to the system. Um, Question: Did anyway, she? Did she? She sounded yes. like she didn't want that. <gasps> no. So like, she did. it's 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 you have to give it voluntary, but you can give it to someone involuntary. Correct. Oh, interesting. Yes. Uh-huh. There is definitely some perverted. potentially interesting plays around being able to force your breath on someone and cause a sensory overload that maybe stuns them for a minute. <laughs> that, that sounds really weirded out now. Because now. I was thinking that, that whole thing sounds like something you'd use in like a sexy time that could be very much in pleasing, giving breaths back and forth. But that sounds very perverted and I don't like it. I- <laughs> Oh, no, I'm just no. enjoying the idea of um, the rich person equivalent of pocket sand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, legit, yeah. I mean, yeah, a really, like, an absolute desperate last ploy that you can use to potentially win a fight is give <laughs> all of your breath to someone, and in the split second they're stunned, you might be able to stab them. I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it means so, that you... <laughs> so but then you, then you lose your breath. Yeah, yeah exactly. So like, it's awful because you lose all your breaths when they die, so it's very much, but at the same time, if they're going to kill you and there's no other way of you surviving, I just that's en- how it be. I just enjoy because like a lot of other like magic systems will use like, oh, mm. you sweep the leg and stun them and then you throw a spell at them. This one, it's just like you throw the magic souls at them and then you stab them. <laughs> <laughs> you give them a big kiss. Um, you give them a big Dementor's kiss on the cheek and then you, then you stab them. Exactly. Kick them in the balls. Um, <laughs> so um, you may have heard me talking a little bit throughout this episode so far throwing around the word heightenings um different heightenings that people reach and that was mentioned a bit in the first prologue um so the way that we get stronger and better in this magic system is you hit different capstones based on the number of breaths that you hold oh no that's not getting taller i thought we were going back to fucking um, (laughs) ooga booga up is good (laughs) not not to unga bunga not back to unga bunga bunga up is good what's the first heightening um, jude so the first capstone you reach is 50 breaths. The first um, upper class in this class society. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> that is the first heightening, which grants you aura recognition, which is the ability to see the breath auras of others instinctively and an increased life sense. This allows you to judge roughly how many breaths a person holds and based on like the strength of those breaths. Uh, for those that are rich enough to be able to buy breath, a lot of people buy this and just stop there, as it's enough to slightly extend their lifespan and give them an increased life sense. So it's a little bit of a rich flex, you know. Oh, you buy it's like buying the new iPhone, this you is, know. This is literally um, the those. I can't believe um, you haven't seen. You guys haven't seen like um, those ads on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram where like 
someone has like a number of powerpoints in a game and they are uh, have a different level. no i think i think you told me about it briefly though maybe i'm not sure <laughs> i, just I don't can't... watch satellite tv and i have youtube premium so i don't get out I, I just can't believe you haven't because it's like a guy will literally just come in like and steal premium. someone's girlfriend because they have like ten thousand points uh, and someone has like 10 million yeah. points and they're walking safe yeah um I have ten million so points in Clash of Clans. Going up in going up in and this is also where the actual class levels come in. So a lot of the time it won't be, oh sorry, you need you need a hundred breaths to go through to this room. It'll be, oh sorry, you need to be at least of the fourth heightening to come through here. That sort of thing. Yeah, Members of the fourth um, heightening. <laughs> At least four yeah. foot tall. At least four foot tall to yeah. get through the scene. See, that's great, because it makes it sound a lot more culty and a lot less dorky. <laughs> yeah, oh, 100%. You must be a member um, of the fourth heightening rather than, yeah, you actually need 2,000 souls to enter. <laughs> you, it's, it's like a casino, um, like, you need to be a double black diamond member to enter this room, <laughs> sir. <laughs> so let's go into the second one. So as we go up through these heightenings, you'll see that they do increase... Um, uh what's the word exponentially so it's not for Ooh. each 50 breaths you get one the amount that you need for each heightening increases so I the second heightening <laughs> the second heightening goes up to 200 breaths needed this is just level uh, leveling up in D. this is correct <laughs> it's the I same shit you're um, gonna say they go it goes up they uh, i don't know why i thought you were gonna say they go up sexually um, <laughs> not quite because no because the previous thing there was a bit where like his eyes got less dull so obviously people get sexier when they have more souls yeah Yo. We, we, we will get into we will get into the really sexy people oh. in this world there are some very let sexy. me be sexy oh. let me be sexy um, this is this is just so, the keys of the kingdom disguised as breaths that's all i'm convinced so the second heightening the thing that you get for reaching this capstone is perfect pitch nice Ooh. so they're good singers so that was alluded to a little bit in that sentence where she could hear each individual tone of her friend's voice speaking to her. Um, so Perfect Pitch, of course, is where someone could just go over to a keyboard, press whatever note, and you can just pick out of the air exactly what tone it is. Thank you for describing to me. I kind have no of. clue. Okay. Um, that That is, yeah, that's Perfect Pitch. Um, realistically, it's not quite as specific as that in our world. Like, some people do have Perfect Pitch, but it's less of a, oh, that is a, that's, uh, that's around minor. 440. Um, that's not close. I said no. Um, <laughs> that's a B flat minor is not a note. Uh, excuse you. Um, I said E flat minor. E flat minor is not a note. Yeah, um, shit. I know a note. It's got a ten dollar bill, baby. <laughs> if only you had any of them. Um, <laughs> zero um, breath, zero bitches. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the next one will go up is the third heightening. Um, so this one you need 600 breaths for. Um, and the third heightening grants you perfect color recognition, which is the ability to instantly and instinctively that. determine exact shades of color and their hue harmonics. Uh, it would act strangely with those with vision deficiency. Um, so this way, if you were blind, it would be a little bit weird. Uh, but this will be like... To put it into modern day terms, this would be like if you met some motherfucker who could walk up to a red wall and you were like, hey, that wall's red. And they walked over and were like, mm, actually, it's hexadecimal pointers, 0. 0.5. Oh, like, that's that sort of thing. Fuck these are, them. These are, these are well actually people. Yeah. Well, oh, actually, they are. Yeah. You know, it's actually a um, distinct shade of um, blood orange, if you know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So, the thing that you'll find in this world, there are sometimes secret things that you have to be of a certain heightening to see. So, 
think if you have an if you had an artist that painted something in slightly different shades of red on a wall where the naked eye couldn't see it, but someone of the third heightening could see those slightly different shades, they might see a secret message. They might be able to appreciate the art more, stuff like that. A oh, secret there's door. There's more class features. Yeah. There's like, oh, you can yeah. only read this sign if you're if you're a certain class. And at yeah. third level, you lock druidic. Um, <laughs> and, and at fifth level, you get to attack twice. <laughs> Beautiful. So we'll go to the fourth heightening. This is where you need a thousand breaths. What was the third so again? Five hundred. So third was six hundred. So so far we've gone fifty, two hundred, six hundred. Um, now a thousand. I was about to say um, does it triple every time, is, but that's not no. math. Um, so the fourth heightening grants you perfect life sense, which is. This is the ability, like your increased life sense, so sensing people around you, feeling people watching you. The fourth heightening is where that gets as good as it's going to be. Any breaths beyond this, you aren't going to notice any difference with your life sense. This is vibe check. Um, yeah. It's like having plus a million insight, you know? Um, and then, yes, and you can also sense plants, so like living plants and such as well so you can like sense the life oh, of okay. grass and trees so and all sort of life starts glowing to you that makes more sense yeah. sorry the wording yeah. of you sense plants <laughs> is just great yeah i like walking um, into a room and going three pop plants in the corner eh? one's mm, a cactus yeah lettuce tonight interesting, um, <laughs> interesting. so the fifth the fifth is where we start to the fifth heightening is where we really start to get a little bit quirk, quirkier with the things that you get um, so this one you need 2,000 breaths for. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where you wouldn't really see someone of the fifth heightening just wandering the street. Anything up to the fourth heightening is rare, but like if you're in the capital, you might see someone. Anything the fifth heightening and above is insanity to see someone of this level. So this is like going um, from like C-tier celebrities in New York to like A-list superstars. Yeah, literally. I'm seeing literally. Brad Pitt in the cafe. Yeah, this is exactly. this is like going from seeing like a bishop to seeing like uh, the pope. The pope. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All yeah. I'm saying is religion is the easiest way to suck everyone's soul out. And it is. What do you keep coming back to? Um, Matt just hates religion. I'm not um, hating on it. So I'm saying it's good tactic in this world. Um, the fifth heightening grants agelessness. So this an awakener resist uh, grants an awakener's resistance to aging um, and disease. This is where your disease resistance gets strongest. So you're immune to pretty much all toxins at this stage, including the effects of alcohol and Aww. most physical ailments. So you will never get another headache. You will never get another cold. Um, you're not going to have organ failure. Nothing like that's going to happen. <laughs> Um, the person begins effectively no longer ages and becomes functionally immortal once they're holding the fifth heightening. That's kind of people sick. the fifth heightening to book a few souls so they can get down to party. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they would. You put, do it, it, in, right you put it in an object. Yeah, yeah I need to get drunk tonight. Um, in the morning, you just suck it back return- up and your headache's gone. So the fifth heightening is, we'll get into it a little bit more, but you remember earlier I mentioned there were people called the returned who were gods effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the fifth heightening is their level. We're going to get to that. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I'm more worried about um, the necromancers when the return, but sure. <laughs> yep, we're getting there. Um, so there's ten heightenings, by the way. So we're over there's ten? What so the, the fuck? next one... With a fifth one level of gods. The, <laughs> yep. Um, so <laughs> the, sixth, the sixth heightening is 3,500 breaths. Um, 
the sixth heightening is even more rare. Um, and the sixth heightening grants instinctive awakening, which is the ability to understand basic awakening commands without training or practice. And commands come very easy to you. We will get into commands later. Um, up until this point, the ability to awaken things, so like in the segment we read where the man brought his little straw man alive, that's the sort of thing where you kind of have to practice and you have to study to learn the exact wording of the commands to get it to come to life. Whereas if you've reached the sixth heightening, you're just naturally able to do it without thinking. It's more of an extension of your mind than anything. Question. If I get up yes. to the sixth heightening and then come back down mm -hmm. again, do I lose the ability to do that? Uh, yes. Disappointing. Because otherwise yes. you could have a very fast wizard school. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, then you could have the that one really heightening. greedy student that doesn't give it on the... That's pretty bad. And then so we the seventh them. heightening is... The seventh Wizzles. heightening is 5,000 breaths, um, which gives you... Um, invested breath recognition, which is the ability to see the aura of objects and tell when something has been invested via breath. Mm. Um, so this is all of a sudden where if you're coming up against someone of the seventh heightening, they're going to see, oh, hey, that random bottle in the corner, that person stores all their breaths in there to hide them. Cool. I'm just going to go take that and they don't have it anymore. Yoinky splonky. <laughs> yeah. And they can't take they can't take it obviously because it's not their breath that they've invested, uh, as we discussed earlier. Um, breath that you invest only you can take back out, but you can still stop them accessing. So who, who it. are these people? Like 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 you're talking about people like we're talking about ATS mm -hmm. celebrities with were fifth level. This is like seventh level. Yep. Who are these people? Um, people you don't really get many of in the world. This would be if someone got to this level, they would probably be some sort of warlord or mm. like ruler of a nation. It would take a lot like to the, get to this. The Pope. Almost beyond the Pope. Nice. Um, no Dingus Khan. Next, no the next the Pope, ones. <laughs> so the 8th, the ninth, and the 10th Heightening. Uh, there is no one in the world that is the 8th Heightening. There is no one that is the ninth Heightening. There is, however, the 10th Heightening. There is one person who is the 10th Heightening. And it's Jesus Christ. It kind of is. In this <laughs> yeah! We um, got Jesus, baby. So the eighth heightening is 10,000 breaths. Uh-huh. So if you consider the sheer number of people you've gotten to get, the amount of breaths that have been passed down. So this is where if someone was at the seventh heightening, they've probably been, it's probably been someone spent their entire life collecting breaths who passed it on to someone else who spent their entire life collecting breaths who passed it on, passed it on. I was going to yeah, say, generational get... wealth would be mm. crazy in this world. Not only yep. money and, and like property and remember shit like when, that, remember when, I, remember when I said there is one person of the 10th heightening? Oh, they're like a, they're like a f trust fund baby, eh? Me, me sneaking into a rival <laughs> royal family's room as their old oligarch's dying to stab him in the chest so he can't pass across his breaths to his son. <laughs> Got him, baby. Oh, yeah. The amount of security they have against this one person to make sure no one does just that. So who um, are they? So the eighth hardening is, gives you the ability to break commands um, instinctively. And this is... We'll get into what this all means a little bit more afterwards, but all you need to know is if someone... Um, has commanded an object to do something they've gotten a lifeless to do something you can just break this command and the object's basically in it cool damn so you can't steal the breaths from it but if someone's instructed straw man to fetch the keys you can just basically break that command and it's just a straw man standing there it seems like um, that'd be a very expensive bodyguard to do that though <laughs> yeah 
the ninth heightening um, is up to 20,000 breaths. Um, and this is Greater Awakening, which is the ability to awaken stone and steel. Um, stone and steel are very hard things to awaken. Um, we'll get into that a little bit more. I thought you were just going to say they're very hard things, like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I, know. <laughs> yes. I, I um, agree, I agree, yes, you're correct. <laughs> but it is, it is very, it is still very hard to do them. Um, and the Night Heightening also grants audible commands, which is the ability to awaken objects that you are not physically touching, Ooh. but it's just within the sound of your voice. So, so if you notice at the start of the book... Vasher needed to be touching the cloak and the straw man before they would come alive and do his thing. So can I ask, why straw? Mm-hmm. Like, what other what other things can be awakened easily? It's um, organic. We'll talk about that very, very soon. Yeah, it effectively comes down to things Okay, that organic, makes sense. Things that were alive. The 10th heightening, the 10th heightening, then we're going to start breaking down what awakening is and stuff like that. Um, so the 10th heightening, to reach this, you need 50,000 breaths. Nice. Easy. Um, this town. one grants color distortion which is the natural intrinsic ability to bend light around white objects within their ra- with a- around them. What? So basically this person walks into a room, the very your very field of vision bends and distorts around them. It's kind of um, sick. Yeah. Um, there's a reason this person's worship does a god. You could just not see um, them the, you could just bend the particles around yourself and then you just be invisible. That's called that's just being invisible. Was it specifically um, wait, specifically around white objects? Yeah, so the white the white begins to bend around them. So all of the oh. other ones increase. So as as I said at the start, all of the people with biochroma, the norm, like vibrancy of colors increases. Obviously, white doesn't have a vibrancy to increase. Once you reach the tenth heightening, you start to bend white. Um, but hey, hey, but white is just all colors. White is the yeah yeah yeah. So you bend all colors. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but so it's you're going just, from um, being able to hold like a small electrical current to being able to hold high voltage wires. That's fair. Um, so, um, the tent heightening also grants perfect invocation, the ability to draw more color from objects, uh, from the objects awaken, um, from objects that you fuel. Uh, so being able to draw more fuel for your magic. Okay. Um, Sick. And this leaves objects drained to white rather than gray. That's cool. Um, Combined with the, um, um, and then the final one is mental commands, which is the hardest thing to deal with in this world, because the one thing that you've got going for you, usually whenever you're facing an awakener is if they're below the eighth tightening, you just have to stop them touching something and they can't awaken it. Um, so if you've got someone restrained in manacles and their hands are unable to touch it, they can't access their powers. If someone is of the eighth heightening, you can just gag them and they can't awaken anything. Someone has the tenth heightening, doesn't matter. They can just make it do a thing. Not only that, but you also can't tell what's coming. Yep, ah, exactly. Fun. All of a sudden, the rope behind you could come alive and strangle you and just rip your head off. Yeah. Damn. And you'd have no knowledge that it's coming. I mean, that'd be um, a fun reaction game. You're just like sitting there and you hear the prisoner go, Rope awaken. You're like, hey, hey, hey. Yep. Smack it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Quick question: How many breaths mm-hmm. does this person have? And um, approximately in the vicinity, I think it's like around sixty to seventy thousand. I think. Are we sure these aren't higher levels that we just haven't reached yet? Uh, potentially. Are you saying, Matthew? Once again, like you... I say, this is another one of those things where 
the laws, it is a hard magic system, yes there are laws in it that we can't break, but the only reason we can't break them is because no one has yet, is the idea of this system. People are still, fe every, every year that passes in this world, someone might create it, someone might discover a new command that's a more efficient way. Um, so originally people didn't know any commands, then they discovered certain phrases could get objects to do certain things. So it's a little bit like Harry Potter in that sense, where just because you can't currently do it with your wand doesn't mean it can't be done. It just means you don't know the right spell yet, so to an extent. So, so, Matthew, are you asking if we can get much higher? So high. high. I hate you both. <laughs> um, so, um, but, we're going to... Yeah? Question. When you mm -hmm. go up a level, right? Like, if yep. you have, like, one under breath, do you know? Do you, can you feel you're about to go up? Or does it like is it a gradient? Or is it like you hit that level, and boom, you're done. You took one more breath, um, and you hit it. Yeah, so you do know about how many breaths you've got based on the first heightening. So the first heightening, you can recognize other people's auras and know how many breaths they've got. That goes double for yourself. But like, okay, but like, is, is it when you go over a level, you literally take that one breath, extra breath, and then you boom, you hit that level and you feel it? Yeah. So it's more, so like, because you gain... I mean, it depends on the heightening that you reach, but because usually the heightening gives you something that you would just notice it. Like, if you reached the second heightening, you would suddenly realise the perfect pitch that you gain because everyone around you, you would be hearing each individual note they're saying and yeah. be like, oh, that's that note. That so, note, yes, that, that note. heightening is strictly tied to exactly that number. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. The, the, I see Which, the problem with the 10th heightening, and this is probably how they mm -hmm. discovered it. They were just thinking about different commands in, in their mind, like, oh, my God. I wish that I wish that my drink would come and come over to me. Like oh, I need to get up and yep. go get it, and then the drink just fucking walks over. Inorganic material, yep. mental commanding. Fuck you. Yep. I feel like you'd accidentally yep. do that before you fully knowing. About nah, because you got to give it breath. You got to exhale. So it's not like you can do it fully. Accidentally. I breathe all the time. I don't know about you, uh, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, lies. Yeah, exactly. Bullshit. <laughs> um, With the so way my room smells. About. <laughs> we're gonna talk about awakeners now. So an awakener is someone that uses their breaths to awaken objects. That's as simple as it is. The only thing that separates an awakener from any other person on the world is that they know the commands to use their breath to bring something to life. Um, anyone with any number of breaths can do this. You can use your very last breath and become a drab doing this. It's not great, but if you have to do it, you have to do it. Um, also, there's no examples of one breath being enough to complete a command, but in theory it's possible. So any old farmer could... What's, What's doing? he doing? What are you doing? I was saying you, got, you could keep going, I was going to go to the toilet. You were doing this, oh, okay, that's we'll stop. Keep... Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, just type keep going next time, but that's fine. Yeah, go go to the bathroom if you want uh, to. 2400. Yeah, it's fine, I'll just have to listen through. 2347. Um, Sure. Um, so, um, oh, honestly, for the amount of time it takes me to fit, so I might as well just wait. God damn. I'm glad I made this script short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine always end up doing endurance tests, unfortunately. Oh, man. What was I scoping out for my next one? Psychonauts and stuff. Disco Elysium. That'd be really out of character for me. You guys would not be ready for Disco Elysium. Sounds fun. It's not. It's political. Oh, that sounds even more fun. Yeah, great. Um, Sorry about that. Okay, so continuing. One sec. Um, so there's... I'm ready to go. 
did you pause the recording? No, he no. muted his mic. I didn't oh, pause okay, the recording. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so there's no records of one breath being enough to do like awakening object sort of commands, but it's possible in theory. So a random farmer, if he learnt the right command, could use his one breath to awaken his rake to do something for him and then take the breath back. In theory. Um, the There is two laws of awakening which are followed throughout these books. The first law is biochromatic parallelism. Um, the closer a host is to living shape and form, the easier it is to awaken. What this means is that biochroma is the power of life, it's your soul, and it seeks the patterns of life. So if you remember the very first bit of the book that I read, Vasha was shaping his things into people. He made his cloak close to his body shape and even like down to the scars and stuff. The closer your object resembles a person or some sort of shape um, that's like a living object, the um, easier it's going to be to awaken and the less breaths it's going to take to awaken. Could I not rip out a strip of fabric, cut two holes in the end of it and be like, it's a snake, awaken? Um, I mean, depends what you're trying to get it to do, but in theory, yes. A snake and... If what you were, if you, you were trying to get it to do involves slithering along the ground, then in theory, Hell yes. yeah, I'm winning. Um, so do, do animals have also, breaths? Um, point. Unconfirmed, because there's no way that you could take your breath, take their breath, and they couldn't give their breath to you, so... Can you, can you see the breath like you can see it in plants you can sense plants right so i'm guessing there has to yeah. be some sort of breath in plants oh yeah there'd be life sense for them for sure okay okay so sorry kind I, of I also tried to think of a way around that i'm like oh get a parrot teach it how to say the words <laughs> but i suppose that there's probably intention think, behind it yeah intent is a very strong part of this i think my dog could love um, me enough to give me insult <laughs> can't say it though um dogs can't see color anyway <laughs> so um the other law is the law of comparability um, so the amount of breath re- required to awaken something isn't necessarily indic- indicative of its power once awakened. So a good example of this is a cloth cut into a square and a cloth cut into the shape of a man take completely different amounts of breath to awaken, but once they're awakened, will have about the same strength and serve the same function. That's fair. Um, so... Uh, that is the basics of it. We're going to talk about what you can do with awakening and the biochromatic entities, as they're called. Can, can you give me kind of like a scale of like how much breaths would you use to, depending on the object? Is like this really big object is a lot, this small object is not. I know you said like 25 breaths for the small straw guy. Can, do you have any other examples? Yeah. Um, not particularly apart from one object we'll get into later that took a thousand breaths to awaken. Um, that's, is a particularly powerful item in the whole universe that we'll get to. Um, that's the fun sword. That's the fun sword. I was going to say, is it the fun sword? It's the fun sword of death. We knew Um, he'd come back. Yeah. Oh, he will. Um, so the first, um, type of biochromatic entity is a type one. Type 1 is returned. So they're the ones that I was talking about before, the ones that are worshipped as gods by some people in the world. Nice. Um, and they... Uh, um, I need that one. So are they um, worshipped as gods because two. there's something special about them or just because they have that yep. many breaths? There is certainly something special about them, which I will explain now. Um, so the... Um, returned, sorry I'd have to open the right part of my notes for this 
Um, so returned are resurrected humans on this world. Damn. Nice. Um, the way that um, a returned comes about from an outside perspective and those that don't necessarily know, um, the story is that someone has died and they've been sent back by the god, the creator, endowment, um, and they've been sent back with a single divine breath. Um, and they can use that breath at some point. However, when they use that one divine breath, they die. And that's it. They're gone for good. So how many breaths do they um, have? So they have 5,000. The single divine breath gives the equivalent to the fifth heightening. So it's a little bit different oh. to the other breaths. So this divine breath is effectively a part of endowment being given to someone to bring them back. Um, the there's different verdicts in world as to how an awake uh, how a returned comes about to some people it's oh if you were particularly great in life you will be sent back as a returned ah oh, if you did something particularly great with your death you'll be sent back but in reality what actually happens is at your moment of death as your spirit passes through to the great beyond you go past endowment um and endowment gives you a glimpse of the future um and when you see something, you might see something that you desperately want to change, and you'll be sent back with that single divine breath, and you can use that divine breath at that moment in the future to fix what's going to happen. So, <laughs> you can be some, there's some real petty people going back as returned. <laughs> um, yeah, except it all kind of has to, like, it's, it's endowment that gives it to you, so she won't necessarily just go oh yeah that's cool go do that she's that's not fine. gonna see your your estate and like your neighbor tearing down the fence to buy your house and you'll be like you fucking bitch i put hours <laughs> into that fence yeah she's gonna uh, be like it is a little bit my garden it is it is the one thing of endowment where and she won't necessarily give the option to everyone necessarily because ultimately this is her consciously doing it and giving people this power um so it'll be her going because all of the gods theoretically have a strong degree of future sense or future sight so this will be her going ah this person died hmm if they didn't die this is what could happen in their future i wonder if they would want to change that oh they feel really passionately about that do they cool we'll send them back that's hilarious um, though because like hmm. the the term passionate is gonna be leaving it open to some strange and funny <laughs> people uh, yes, but it all once again is her giving the gifts, so like it's all by her so ruling. What's yeah, kind of but I'm I'm gonna take a wild swing and say there's probably been some bad people brought back with the breath. Uh yes. I was gonna <laughs> say, what's her vibe with these people? Are they all, all like the same kind of people? Are they So the thing that happens when you return, um, you retain absolutely no memory of your oh. previous existence or life. Wait, how the fuck are you supposed to change what you <laughs> <laughs> Um, you retain nothing of your past self except maybe some brief resemblance physically. Um, I like the maybe part. <laughs> you don't even get your same face. Yeah, so the reason that you might look a little bit similar is that... Um, she got lazy. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. You actually... Where's the bit that I wanted to read? Um... Uh, um so, uh, yes, that's right. So the new appearance of the returned 
their new appearances are in accordance with what they subconsciously think physical perfection is or how they see themselves. So oh. everyone that returns and all of the people that are worshipped, so there's this place called the Court of Gods where there's a whole bunch of returned that are worshipped by this whole nation of people. Sick. And all of them are these like seven foot tall, muscular, toned, sexy as fuck people. I, I'd worship them um, as gods as well. I would, I would do it. Yeah, yeah. So when you come back as returned with your divine divine breath, uh, you have increased strength, speed, and are able to move inhumanly, inhumanely fast. Um, your body will not grow stronger from exercise, and it won't weaken from lack of it. Uh, you are as as you're at the fifth heightening, you are immune to most sickness and disease. So yes, this is a unique Matthew. thing. So that yeah. fifth, it's not just a fifth element. It's returned are uh, the faster, stronger people. Yes, they are exactly. Okay. I can um, I can come back from the afterlife and eat cheeseburger, and it won't literally. do anything to me. Mm-hmm. Winner. So I like that I li- is. If you can guess, that is what the Court of Gods turns into outside of the public eye. A bunch of hot as fuck people doing as much shit as they want and not giving a single fuck. This is better than the afterlife. It's yeah. the fucking upper class again. There we go. We're winning. <laughs> class structures. Just got... um, so can, the... Can um, yes? What happens? Can, can a person with a divine soul collect other breaths? Divine breaths, sorry. Yes. So you can keep going. Yes. Keep power eleven. Can you can can you give your divine breath? Yes, but if you give your divine breath, you die. That's, that's fine. Follow that's on, fine. That's not what follow, I <laughs> follow on question. Mm-hmm. If I give my divine breath to someone, I am able to give my divine breath as one single unit. Mm-hmm. Are they then able to break that down? Um, not exactly. So what happens when you give someone your divine breath? It doesn't actually give them breaths but it heals them and restores them what so, so it doesn't give you don't get breaths from a divine breath no so if someone what happens um if someone's giving you their divine breath it's because you are dying in front of them and they realize that you're the thing they wanted to go back and save when they had the option to return oh. so how do they realize so, that? how do they <laughs> When the moment that you saw when you died is coming to pass, you start to get generally the way that it's shown in the book, at least. We don't know the specifics of these returned yet. Um, And once again, we don't know if there's other ways of being a returned. This is just the only ones we're dealing with in this one book that we have. Um, As you get towards the moment that you foresaw and the thing you wanted to change memories start to bleed through of who you used to be. Things will suddenly start to make sense to you. Um, and you'll realize that's what you wanted to do. And if you don't do it, then that means you didn't want to do it that badly enough when you had the option, if that makes sense. Like, if you wanted passionately enough to do that and save that person, um, then once those memories come back, you do it, if that makes sense. You die for it. You do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, hold on. Is there then people who have seen the moment that they wanted to pass and went, eh, uh, there hasn't been any. There hasn't been any examples of that. No. Okay. Because that's hilarious. This god's ten thousand yeah. years old. Slacker. I mean, they could yep. have literally. They've got to the point where they've seen so much in their life that could have easily changed the person as a person. Also, they're in. A- um, yes, but because their the idea is that their personality bleeds back from before they returned. I see. Oh, and it is like the thing that was passionate enough to bring yeah. them back Christian. from yeah. the fucking exactly. afterlife. Exactly. So even exactly. if okay, so can a divine? But like, can you stack divine souls in any way? No. If you give someone your divine soul, it's not going to give divine them anything Divine soul extra does not beget wise. divine soul. It, divi- okay. it begets healing. 
Exactly. See, it's like see. you use your life. It's like you give your life to cast mass heal on them, you know? Interesting, interesting. Um, this this, this 10,000 exactly. guy, mm-hmm. is he anything to do with the divine souls or is he completely separate? He just trust me. Um, he is, in fact, returned. Oh, there we go. So, um, so he has his one breath, and then he has thousands more on top of that. Who is this um, guy? <laughs> I need more information about this man. Don't worry about it. Um, so we've returned. Um, so yes, as I was saying, so you are immune to headaches, toxins, alcohol, etc. Uh, one problem with these guys, while they can enjoy a lot of life's pleasures to their fullest extent... Uh, there's no real way for them to ever get drunk because they can't just put their divine soul into an object and take it back because uh, they die. So what are these big chads doing at flat parties? What are these big chads sitting around? What are they doing? They f- they fuck a lot. They fuck, <laughs> of course. Well, just because yeah, you, you can't get They them. are all, each of them are as physically attractive. Like, if you picture in your mind's eye the most attractive specimen that you can picture, that is how you will look. I'm looking at them. I'm looking at them. <laughs> Damn it, I was going to do the same <laughs> joke. Fuck you. Um, except you said it first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I did the dramatic turn to camera that no one can see because it's a podcast. <laughs> yep. Um, also, they so, would enjoy art a lot more and you would enjoy food. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. Music. That is the other thing that leans towards them. That's the last thing that... Um, that's the other thing that leans towards them being worshipped as gods. Um they have an abil- an inherent ability to see into art and sort of connect or perceive with the artist's soul and interpret correctly an abstract piece as to what that artist was trying to convey. Um, so it's a lot, a lot of the way, like, their day-to-day activities of a god is having art brought to them by artists who feel really proud about it and then divining special meaning from those pieces of art and then that's, like, God's word, that's you know? That's hilarious. Yeah, also, yeah. because it's a very light difference in thing to be like you spilled fucking strawberry jam on this before you brought it to me didn't you i see the stain <laughs> yeah everyone, Except everyone it wouldn't can be see that, that it would be it would be mm, interesting and the spillage of strawberry jam <laughs> there's going to be a terrible instant to the yeah, so, um, so, <laughs> you were you were rushing this morning to get out and you you forgot to strap your seatbelt on you had a terrible car accident exactly and you exactly. killed a man <laughs> Um, I see so that, that in the that's that one. Um, the returned specifically do not need to eat or drink to survive, um, but they do need to sleep, not for the sake of energy, but so I like how specific this is. Um, they need to sleep so their short-term memories can be um, transitioned to long-term memory. That's hilarious. I thought but it was so their brain. Their brain still needs sleeping. to function. Yeah, uh, their brain still needs to function in some ways, but they don't need sleep to like energize. I themselves. thought it was so that they could take a break from their fucking nauseating fucking. existence. Oh, yep. okay. Um, then the other thing about returned um, with uh, is um, anyone on that high level without being returned? Is anyone like, be like uh, yeah, yeah? There I'm are a some Chad. People. I'm a self-built billionaire. <laughs> uh, I don't yeah. got no god money. <laughs> I wasn't born to this. I built myself from the ground up. I still remember who I am. The trade-off. Started from no breaths, now we're here. The the trade-off of being a returned. Once every week, your body will consume a breath. Oh, that's fine. To fuel it and keep it alive. 
Sorry, this, uh, I see. If you if you have no other breaths, this will consume your divine breath <laughs> and you die. Sorry, did the first did the first returned come back, get to the end of the week and just shit himself and die? Literally. Nice yeah. win. Um Nobody told me. Nobody <laughs> the But if you if you have enough people to keep sacrificing themselves to give their breath to you, you're just gonna chew through you chew through the other breaths before you get to your divine breath. So if you have 500 breaths and your divine breath, you're going to go through 500 weeks and then your divine breath. Like, is this yeah, even though, worth obviously. it? This sounds like a pretty ne- pretty negative effect on the world, I'll be honest. Like, this doesn't sound hey, like... Hey, 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 hey. They're, they're giving artists the very important service of telling them what their art's about. No, this sounds uh, like... Yeah, and the entire, the entire nation, this one nation, sorry, there's a lot of nations in the world, but this nation who worship returned as gods... It is part of their religious practice where it is a sacred honor to give your breath to one of the returned. So once a week they have their feeding day where someone will be brought feeding in day. and have to give their breath to the god. Um, <laughs> hey guys, it's about two o'clock. We'll be feeding the gods <laughs> in, an, in half yeah. an hour. What do you would like yeah. to watch? <laughs> and it's and it's this whole like to some people of the world, it's the biggest atrocity ever, giving up your soul to these returned. But to the people of this nation, it's like this most sacred thing you could do. Um, Interesting. It's Can like I... you know, being it's like being chosen as the squire of the king's knight to ride on a fox hunt. You know, it's like a great honor. Do you do you get benefits? Like, is it like lobbying? Can you lobby your souls to get benefits from the gods and they influence? P- political yeah, so you'll things? generally get a bit of a payoff. Oh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Can I? Um, generally, at least from memory, um, going off of my reading of the book and not me study, uh, researching for this episode, um, it's. Generally, if you're wanting to make money out of selling your breath, you go to the streets to do that. You wouldn't go, I need to make some money, I'm going to sell my breath to the god. You're more doing that for the honour. I feel like it's more like I'm, lo- um, I'm lobbying for political power. I'm not trying to get money at that point. Yeah, yeah, that can be a thing as well. Um, deals are made, and that's what deals, you know, some deals can involve that. I feel like this was created, like these 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 returns was maybe a good way for her to try and change the future, the, the god trying to... Also feel like... If you feel like on generations, like they, these, these souls are going to stack up and stack up, and people are going to get more and more powerful in the future. So these returned are a good way to go. Like, well, let's like get that money out of the economy. Let's 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 effective. Let's let let's uh yeah. try and affect the inflation let's of souls. Have here, some, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, so that is returned. Um, the people that are worshipped as gods. That is type one biochromatic entities. Type two. There are four types, by the way. Uh, type two is um. The uh, so it's a mindless manifestation in a deceased host, or more commonly known as lifeless zombie. Um, zombie baby. Yes, <laughs> they baby. are. They are non-sentient, um, reanimated animal remains. They have a functioning brain and are able to interpret commands and have new commands given. Uh, they are made by complex commands that reanimate a dead person or animal. Um, when you create them, part of the creation is giving them a command word or a password. Uh, this basically means that any command they are given, they will ignore unless it is given with that command phrase. Because without the command phrase, if you create a lifeless, someone else could just yell at it to do something and it will do that thing. So they're really good at Simon Says. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Are there Absolutely. any public service type Awaken? Oh, not Awaken. Lifeless? Um, no, that's not the name. <laughs> no, Lifeless, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lifeless, lifeless. good, cool. Um, there could be, but they're too valuable. Um, That sounds cringe. Government funding should exist in this universe. Probably should. Get it on a brand. Um, <laughs> so, um, 
the thing with the lifeless is um, it does only take one breath to create a lifeless if you know the right commands. Okay. I was gonna say because they're already um, looking like life, it wouldn't be like trying to make like a like a, like a exactly. rope into a snake. But the thing like with them, because you are literally bringing something that was dead back to life in a servant zombie sort of way, um, the breath clings to them, and you aren't able to recover that breath. So any breath you use creating a lifeless is gone. Oh, okay. That's that's another one of the ways that breath can be lost. In Does this they world. ever run out, or they stay alive forever as well? Um, so in theory, they can survive forever, the lifeless, but because their body is not really alive, any damage they take is permanent mm. unless you manage to fix them somehow. Yeah. Um, fixing them can be as simple as sewing up a cut in their arm that's meaning their muscle and bones are hanging out, or it can be giving them more breath to properly heal a wound, that sort of thing. Does? Yeah. Mm. So there's requirement for the body to function as, like, a functional being. Like, I can't make a skeleton. You sure can. Win! <laughs> but something needs to be holding that bag of bones together is the only requirement. Okay. Uh, string? What? Yeah, that would be a functioning lifeless. That is ridiculous. String? If you, you but just, it would you get be a pair of scissors, snip, the, and it's done. It would be the worst lifeless ever because uh, it would get. Uh, like, excuse me. Over. I have a skeleton. I can't hear you over my fucking skeleton servant. No, you can't hear because his bones yeah. are rattling on the ground. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's fallen apart because um, yeah. the string broke. He's terrible. So um, the um, other thing with lifeless is they um, just so I don't misspeak. Uh, um. Yeah, so the thing with lifeless is they retain in some small way, and part of the reason why some people get particularly uncomfortable around lifeless is because it's not always just as simple as dead person is now a servant. Um, they do keep some, especially people that get turned into lifeless, keep some small degree of personality or skill from when they were alive. So oh God. if you're trying to make an army out of lifeless... If you get a hundred farmers and bring their dead bodies back as lifeless, they're going to be just as skilled or good a fighter as they were when they were alive. If you get a hundred of the best swordsmen in the world, kill them and bring them back as lifeless, they're going to be as good a swordsman as they were, except they're now undead that won't feel pain and can march forever and not need to eat or drink. Until they get their bones sliced off. Correct. Sounds like a good army. Yeah. Do people bring back like their pets because they're sad about their pets dying? Yeah, people can do that. I'll be honest, that, that's my first like thought. Dead. I was like, I'm real sad my pet dying, yeah. I'll bring it back. But it's like, it it always obeys your commands, but it's kind of sad because you, sometimes you don't want it to obey your commands. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. I just want to be a pet. Oh, there's people that bring back like loved ones and stuff as, oh, God. as well. Yeah. That sounds like a bad idea. It sounds like a... <laughs> yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. that's riding a very weird line of whether mm -hmm. or not that is necrophilia because, like, they're yes. alive. Yes, no, they're not alive. That's, no, they're that's alive. The... They're moving around. They have their own will and personality. What, they don't what... have their own will. You command them. No, uh, but yeah, if so I say do... do what you want, like... <laughs> yeah, they they can act a little bit of their own accord with it. Like, if something... They will have, like, the tiniest bit of their own... Like, if you've given them a particularly vague command, they aren't just going to, like, do nothing and stand there. They might, like, kind of walk around or slightly do something. Um, 
if someone comes over to attack you, they might react. They aren't just going to necessarily stand their NPC mode. But they don't have any convicted action of their own. Exactly. They're not gonna go, exactly. I'm not going to find them in the living room assembling a jigsaw puzzle. No, you aren't going to find them having some beers with the lads or um, so making a jigsaw puzzle. What no. if I command them to um, have some beer with the lads? Then the lifeless will try its best to drink a beer. Go have a beer um, with the lads. <sighs> exactly. Um, hate beer. So, um... um yeah, imagine yes, being so, so sad that the, you have to bring back your dead people to have beers with. I mean, they exist in the world. Um, oh so, then into type 3. Um, this is the classic type of awakening that you get in the world. This is awakening objects. Um, and this is the way that is most commonly used in the world. This is the one that pretty much everyone can learn. It's pretty easy to learn these commands, and it's pretty easy to work on them. Um and we'll talk a little bit about what I mean when I say commands here. Hard to get the souls, um, though. The souls, the breaths. I... It is hard to get the breaths. Souls is also a thing. <laughs> Can I... Mm-hmm. Sex dolls, do they exist? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I guess so. Um... <laughs> I just <laughs> ripped the band-aid off. <laughs> That's not a sex doll. Oh, actually, it's object awakening. Fuck. It's definitely a sex doll. <sighs> Again, necrophilia line. That's Kinda not weird. necrophilia, it's an object. It's the soul of someone that you've stolen that you're putting into a fucking body. It's, they don't have the personality through the breath. The breath is just yeah, power. The, person, the personality was in the brain of the person. <laughs> That's why necrophilia was weird. Yeah, look. Um, just an object. Uh, um, I'm, not do- so... I'm not doing any of them. <laughs> <laughs> what, if, um, what if a sex the... toy had... Shut the fuck had... up. <laughs> Um, so with awakening and commands, um, the, uh, um, you get basic commands, which will be something like, um, fetch keys is the one that we read before. So that is a very, very simple command and the breath goes into the thing. And then the important step of commanding objects as opposed to other types of awakened things is the visualization and the stronger you can visualize the command the less breaths it's going to take and the better it's going to accomplish it so people that are very well practiced at this sort of thing will be able to very accurately and quickly visualize what they need done um and the way that you so for example of the one side of the book of fetch keys in that process that person is very well practiced with awakening so they are very clearly picturing in their mind's eye they want this straw thing to jump out of the iron bars, walk into the next room, jump up onto the counter, take those keys that are on that hook and walk back. So yeah, do you so like people who like because pe- some people are really good at visualizing objects, visualizing mm-hmm. scenes, some people are really bad at that, can't do it. Yep. So do those people just have a distinct advantage? Yeah. Do do, do breaths give you better at imagining things or not? Yeah, so that's this kind of goes back. So if you remember when I was talking about like the higher awake, the higher heightenings having like instinctive, instinctive awakenings, commands, yeah. Um, so that's where the visualization starts to become less important, and the command phrases start to get less important. At lower levels of um, awakening, the command is really important, and if you don't say the right command, it may not do the thing. Whereas if you're a high enough level, if you just think what you want to do and say something close to it, it'll probably happen. And your thoughts are more strong than like your visualization of it. Um, so, is, so, so when, with, it's, when you're rich, it's easy. When you're, uh, when you're poor, it's more difficult. It's just... Yeah, exactly. Classic. Um, once again, exactly rich. right. <laughs> um, so with um, 
Yeah, so the difference between these and lifeless is that it's organic, but not something that was alive. Um, so um, this can be anything from awakening parts of cloth is deemed as an organic material, things like straw, rope made out of the right sort of fibre, um, anything like that you could sort of awaken. Would cow leather? Um, yeah, that would definitely be something you could awaken very easily. When, 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 um, when does something stop becoming an, an animal and start becoming a, an object? When it's not often that. Wait, what? Because, like, a piece of meat is an object. Right. Okay, an I animal. see. So you're saying, why can't I animate the leather off a cow's back? Exactly. Um, I think, yeah. Um, the line's a little grey on that in the book. Uh, I'm sure there is a reason if I dug hard enough, but... Long and short, you wouldn't be able to turn that into a lifeless because it's not a complete body, but you probably could awaken a hunk of meat. Okay. Yeah. It's just an object. It's, not, it's already being controlled by another breath. Yeah. Because I, I would argue when someone's just bones and you're putting it together with strings, I'd say that's more of an object that you've stung together. Not um, yeah, and you could do that, but it wouldn't be able to do the same thing as a lifeless can do. Interesting. Because the lifeless is where you've got the ability to give it different commands and it can stay around for a while. Whereas once you've got an object that you awaken, it does one particular thing based on the command yeah. you give it. That straw man's going to fetch keys the way you wanted him to do it. He's not going to be able to get a new command unless you start from square one. So is it a different... Whereas if it was... Hmm? Is it a different process? Creating... Blood? Yeah, so it'd be different command phrases. Okay. Oh. I, there's like hundreds of different command phrases. I won't list through them all, yep. but yeah. Haunted houses are real in this universe because if I have an <laughs> old man who has a set of these things created to do jobs for himself and he dies by himself and never takes the souls back, those little const constructs are going to keep doing that shit. Sure will. That's great. Sure will. <laughs> um, Why is so that old millhouse always then we go. Now we go into the strongest of the ball, the type four biochromatic entities, which are the best of both worlds from lifeless and objects. And Ooh. they are sentient objects um, made by awakening inorganic materials like metal and stone. This, Ooh, requires, at least, this requires at least the ninth heightening. Um, that brings us, there is only one in the known universe of these books currently, there is only one known confirmed type 4 biochromatic entity, and a lot of people have been killed to keep this knowledge secret because it would be too strong if it got out. Um, yeah, well, there's only one guy who can and, do it. Uh, there were two, then they killed the other one to stop it getting out. No! Um, no. Jesus killed his brother. And the one object that we know is Nightblood, which is an awakened, a sentient awakened sword. That sword. Um, ah. And this is an example of one of these entities. He was created by two characters um, that I will not name for now, using a thousand breaths and the simple command of destroy evil. Nice. That's a pretty, that's a pretty sick command. Good command. It is. Um, Nightblood is incapable of determining morality which is a very rigid <laughs> way of thinking. Uh -huh. Destroy evil. What is that? What is evil? Uh -huh. um, the large number of breaths that it contains also gives it a very incredibly destructive power. The threat of which, um, the threat of more weapons like Nightblood being created is what caused the creator to kill the other creator to prevent the knowledge from becoming public. Isn't um, a thousand is the sixth awakening, isn't it? Fifth. Yes. Sixth. Fifth. Uh, sixth. 
Let me double check. That was fifth. A thousand is the fourth. Well, My guy can what, ID what fucking auras. Go crazy. Yep. Yep. Okay, question. Um, question. Mm-hmm. So, okay, it's not a question. Uh, <laughs> I'm very mad at this today. I kind of didn't know what's a question, what's a statement. Um, <laughs> this... These guys are just. Um, it feels like I feel like this is very similar to when you get given a job, but you you didn't get any training on this job at all. You start the job and they're just like, "Hey, can you do this for me?" And I'm like, "Sure." What the fuck does that even mean? Anything? Like like, you know when you're like given like a task at work and you have no fucking clue what you're doing. No, mm-hmm. I always know what I'm doing. Well, thanks a guy for being unrelatable. <laughs> <at> all. <laughs> always happy to do it. Yeah. <laughs> But this like is very similar. Like, like, I feel like this, no. this, this this sword got the short end of the stick. Very unfortunate. Sword. It it really did. Um, cool plate. Cool so, <laughs> um, so the to give you this, I can sum up the personality of this sword um, in this one quote from the sword. Um, I'm not bloodthirsty. I just want to be useful. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty bloodthirsty. So what this sword does in its most basic essence um, is when it is drawn, so you may have heard at the start he had his special sword that this dude had at the start of the book. It had a sharp, um, its scabbard uh, was clasped to the blade to stop it coming out of its scabbard. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was very heavily tied up. If it comes out of its scabbard, the sword just begins absorbing investiture from around it. If it doesn't have any investiture to draw, then it drains your soul. <laughs> so all of the guards with one soul standing in this prison are about to get sucked. So if you one die? of them opens the sword, they all die. Uh, basically, the Radio- blade constantly... Sword. <laughs> the sword constantly wants to be fed. It is constantly hungry. Um, if you stab someone with it, they basically turn to dust and disappear because the sword just eats their very life essence. I just I just looked up the sword to see what it looked like, and it just got I got one quote that I'd like to read. I think it's great. Sure. It's just, hello, would you like to destroy some evil today? <laughs> that is the other quote I was gonna say today. Dub. Um. <laughs> yes, I would. Anyway, Have you, it just feels um, like an operator on a on a on a, on a phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Hey there, how would you like to help destroying evil today? <laughs> So the next, the next and last phrase from, uh, bit from the book I actually want to read involves that blade. Um, so this is Vasher and him having the sword Nightblood at this point of the book, um, going through a bit of an infiltration. Um, so let's see, I wanted to start from here. If you're using it, does um, it suck you? Um, if you keep it in its sheath, no. But, but if, if you, you take it out, it out of it, sheet, it will. How many like you either need to be killing things fast enough for it to be taking them, or you need to have enough investiture in yourself that it eats that. I was gonna say, how many so breaths per minute of, are we talking? Um, I can't remember the exact thing, but I think at one part of the book, someone goes fucking like beast mode with the sword, and they go from like a few thousand breaths to like two breaths in like five minutes of fighting. Nice. Oh, that's no good. Yeah, so it will eat you very quickly uh, if you aren't careful. Um, Whoever made this really so, needed to choose a better phrase. Sorry, also, owner of the sword, the fucking Van Volsh or whatever his name is. What? Mm. What's his, is that Vasha. His? Vasha. Vasha, mm-hmm. like, hearing the sword clatter to the ground in the other room, like, ah, fuck. 
Yep, that is, well, that's actually one of the most common things that he does in this book. And it's like his basic attack mode um, is that he'll just throw the sword at a group of people. <laughs> and they'll be like, the fuck? Um, and then we get to learn the other fun part about Nightblood. And that is its effect on others. So the um, those that the sword... So once again, this is all the sword's perspective. That its command that it lives off of is destroy evil they don't give it an actual indication of evil, so it's up to the blade. Those that the sword defines as evil feel drawn to possess and draw the blade. Once an evil person picks Nightblood up, the sword amplifies their bloodlust, causing him or her to slaughter anyone nearby, and then if they don't see anyone else, they commit suicide with the blade. I'll be honest, um, if it doesn't if it doesn't get an evil person, it's gonna create some evil people. So like it's getting it yeah. either way. Uh Nightblood in effect wields the person holding the sword, and the result is often suicide with Nightblood plunged through their own chest. Right. A strong willed person or someone who has previous history of Nightblood can resist this bloodlust. So if you're aware that it's a sentient sword trying to control you, it can help you resist it. But people aren't aware of sentient swords in this world. That's not a thing that's meant to exist. So suddenly the sword just takes you over. Um, a good person um, or someone who wouldn't want to use night blood feels physically sick when looking at it and touching it can make them just vomit on the spot. Yep. Um, those aligned with night blood's intent or those who do not wish to use it will not be affected by night blood. Um, anyone who is able to wield it and survive forms a particular connection with the blade and becomes a friends of it. And the sword will become quite, fr- it's quite a friendly sword. If you can wield it successfully, it'll like you. It's quite a friendly sword um, that likes to suck people's souls out of their body and slice as many people up as possible. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the thing with it. Um, so we'll go for a little bit. So Vasher at this stage of the book. So part of the reason why he's able to wield Nightblood. Um, okay, a spoiler. Uh, uh, we have a spoiler warning at the we start of the episode. We have a spoiler warning at the start of the episode. We do. Um, spoiler, double, he, super spoily. Super spoilers. Due to his history with the blade, he utterly despises it with every fiber of his being, nice. which is the thing that lets him kind of he can't fully use it but he can kind of use it because he has no intention or desire to use the blade um so it's a complicated relationship they have um so um he's trying to sneak into somewhere with the blade he hunched his body to help hide the oversized hidden blade on his body oh please nightblood said flatly this crazy disguise you're cleverer than that It'll work, Vasher thought. This is the court of gods. Nothing attracts the unbalanced more than the prospect of meeting deities. The two guards looked up when they saw him approaching, but they didn't seem surprised. They had probably dealt with marginally insane people every day of their professional careers. Vasher had seen the types who ended up in the lines of returned petitions. Here now, one of the men said as Vasher approached. How do you get in here? Vasher stepped up to them, mumbling to himself about talking to the goddess. The second man put a hand on Vasher's shoulder. Come on, friend, let's get you back to the gates and see if there's a shelter that's still taking people in for the night. Vasher hesitated. Kindness. He hadn't expected that, for some reason. The emotion made him feel a tad guilty for what he had to do next. He snapped his arm to the side, twitching his thumb twice to make the long finger tassels on his shirt sleeve... Um, there we go, sorry. Lost my spot. Uh, to make the long finger tassels on his shirt sleeve begin mimicking the motions of his real fingers. He formed a fist. The tassels snapped forwards, wrapping around the first guard's neck. The guard choked a, choked out a soft gasp of surprise before the second guard could react. 
Vasher then brought Nightblood up, ramming the hilt into the guard's stomach. The man stumbled, and Vasher swept his feet out from underneath him. Vasher's boot followed, coming down slowly but firmly on the man's neck. He wiggled, but Vasher's legs bore awakened strength. He frequently awakens his trousers, so they're enhanced by the strength of <laughs> That's fucking yeah. great. Fucking um, podunk Iron Man. And a little bit Vasher of, stood uh, for a long moment. the pants, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Vasher stood for a long moment, both men struggling, neither managing to escape their strangulation. A short time later, Vasher stepped off the second guard's neck, then lowered the first guard to the grass, twitching his thumb twice and releasing the finger tassels. You didn't use me much, Nightblood said, <laughs> sounding hurt. You could have used me. I'm better than a shirt. I'm a sword. Vasher ignored the comments, scanning the darkness to see if he'd been spotted. I really am better than a shirt. I would have killed them. Look, they're still breathing. Stupid shirt. That was the point, Vasher thought. Corpses cause more trouble than men who get knocked unconscious. I could knock people out, Nightblood said immediately. Um, anyway. So does it speak in his mind? You fucking liar, Nightblood. You couldn't knock people out of control. (laughs) Does it speak in his mind? Yeah, so it's all mental. That is is Um, a pretty, pretty sassy blade. It is a very sassy. I like all awakened um, things are way, way, have way more personality than the people so far. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Um, so that's yeah, that's Nightblood. Um, so in that scene, what he's done, so he's got a kind of cloak around him with you know how you've got like tassels on the end of rugs. Sometimes he's effectively used them and given the command of um, upon my call, become like my fingers, and that basically means that these tassels that are very, very strong when enhanced by a bunch of breaths are going to mimic his fingers, so that it kind of almost becomes like an extra exoskeleton, so he can do things like, if he clenches his fist, the tassels are going to tighten like a fist. Interesting, that's so cool. Yeah, so that's the way, the thing I wanted to say, tell you about that scene is the most common way that people use awakening to fight and stuff is effectively making themselves like a cool ass armor suit out of basic clothing that they awaken. So it's mecha wars. Become like my, yeah, become like my legs and lend them strength would make pants that basically just become like an Iron Man suit over your legs. <laughs> and when you kick something, have the extra strength behind them. So in this world, you're more scared of a man in normal clothes on a battlefield than in armor. Correct. Nice. Hundred <laughs> percent. Until until um, you should be scared. Until you should be fucking terrified. Yeah. Question. Um, yes. And I, you might you might get into this, but you were talking about going to the god. He was talking about going into the gods area. What happens if yes. this, this this little swordy gets near a divine soul? Um. So it will just eat it. Yum. It will. Will it will take a while, or just eat it like any other breath? Um. In theory, like any other breath. Interesting. Um, yeah, so, um, that's the word, um, then the, uh, um, where was the, that's right, yeah, um, so yeah, that is Nightblood, a, the sentient sword, which everyone in Sanderson's fan base desperately wants to know more about, um, and we only have... The, the, the long and short of this, the, like, main big series that he has that's, like, the main flagship of the Cosmere, I guess you could say. Um, Nightblood is in that series, being wielded by one of the characters in there, uh, which is where a lot of the quotes come from. But the thing is, we don't know a lot about the backstory of Nightblood. We don't know a lot about it. We just know it's this random OP-as-fuck blade with a bunch of sassy personality. And the book that has its background in it isn't that big. So people want to know more about it. How does... Um, um, how does the blade react yes. to other kind of um, 
mathematics in this world? Does it suck it from the metal? So, yeah, that is the thing that... Uh, that is actually one of the last things I was going to get to. Um, my closing things, I guess you could say, um, is... How the fuck do that. these work together? Yeah, so the thing about Warbreaker and the Breaths is... In a lot of ways, it is the strongest magic system in Sanderson's universe because the potential that you can do with commands, any if you get to a high enough heightening, anything you can imagine can happen. You can have someone flying into battle atop a fucking like titan built out of couches with ropes that can swing hard enough to knock a castle into the ocean if they have enough breath. Um, you can have a sword that's capable of passing through someone's body and turning their body to dust as it eats their very soul if you have enough breath uh the thing is the breaths are really hard to get um once you start mixing in the other worlds where it's a lot easier to get that investiture the possibilities start to open up a little bit more uh, um do you um so question yes how much does make him make strong like like you said like the pants get stronger how much breath would you have to make it strong like the steel like 100 breaths is like do we know? Um, so once, so it's more based on. It's physically stronger than a. So like when it hits you, it's very physically strong, and it's going to be stronger than someone hitting you. Um, but at the same time, if you cut it up enough, it is going to start to fall to pieces. I mean, imagine if you had a pair of pants that could pull themselves back together when they ripped. Yeah, I'm just imagining how just how, how rich itself. do I need to be to punch through a fucking brick wall with gloves. Um, uh, not overly. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, the, um, uh, um, so this system is very hard by nature, but it is quite soft in world. There is a lot of, fi there's not a lot of fiction that has been written about this magic system, and a lot of it's being kept to his chest. Um, so, in theory, a lot could happen or be done with this magic system, which is the fun thing especially with those type 4 entities. The possibilities seem endless if you get the right commands. So I kind of compared it to the Harry Potter magic system to an extent. It's a little bit harder than the Harry Potter one, but in Harry Potter, where the whole thing of, yeah, you could say it's a hard magic system because specific spell does specific thing, but the only difference between that and something that can't be done is a spell that JK hasn't made yet. Mm. You know? Mm. Um, mm. That's kind of the same thing here. Who's to say there isn't an 11th heightening? Who's to say there isn't a 20th heightening? Whatever. Um, who's to say that if you get to the 20th heightening, you can't just forcefully take people's breath off? Yeah, the as soon as that becomes a capstone, then everyone's fucked. Yeah, yeah I was thinking exactly. about that. I'll make an item that can mm. suck soul and give it to you or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, so, the well, that's the other thing, because the interesting thing about Nightblood, especially the Sentient Sword is that it actually feeds and sucks investiture breaths. So when it kills someone, it's going to absorb their breaths. Currently, there's no way to take those breaths out of the sword, but if you could and you stabbed someone with it who has a thousand breaths, that sword now has an extra thousand breaths that maybe say, you could take from it. Is the guy who made this sword still alive? Um, but yes. Can have they ever been in touch with the sword in the story? Because they could. Because aren't you only allowed to suck the souls out of things you made? Uh, yeah, sorry, but the person, so the main creator got killed by the person that helped them make it, if you remember. Okay, so how does that work in, like, a who made it, who? <laughs> who, did, who gave the souls so, to make, or the breaths to make it? 
the person that gave the breaths died. Okay, so they, they could have maybe be able to suck the souls out of it, but we don't Potentially. know. Potentially. Potentially. Interesting. Um, yeah, so the... Um, What's the word? So the word, this word, and this magic system is a great example of why in Sanderson's Cosmere and other magic systems I'm sure we'll talk about at some point, uh, a lot of the overarching background narrative across the different books has a lot to do with emphasis on people trying to figure out how to move investiture between other planets, because you've got planets like this where their magic system is really fucking strong, but it's really hard to get the magic juice, and then you've got worlds where the magic's not quite as strong, but you can literally get it from a storm that rolls around every week and recharges your gems if you leave it outside. Mm. So if you could figure out a way to get that much freedom of access to magic juice to the people that can do this level of insane stuff with it. Mm. Yeah, if you can enter a gem um, with a breath or something like that, it would be interesting. What's the conversion yeah, rate? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well that's, that's, that's a lot of the overarching... Because there's no direct story between the books, but there's a lot of overarching things where you see background characters doing this in that book, that in the other book. That's a lot of the background stuff that's going on. Oh, that's can you also, fly? Mm. Sorry, weird question, mm-hmm. weird tangent. Can you fly? Can you tell your clothes to lift you off the ground and carry you? Um, no, but you do get people that will not necessarily make them fly, but if you've got a rope that's long enough, reach up to there and pull me up could be a command. That's fair. But the rope is and flying people, up there. Um, dep- I think you would have to partially throw it and it stretch, okay. but it can also climb up the side of the wall, potentially. I'd also be interested in the breath mm. to other magic systems. What was the term? investiture's conversion Mm -hmm. because everyone in this universe is born with a breath yep so maybe they start off as like a like a mid-tier to high-tier mage in another one well yeah that's it that's that's just it uh the other thing that's interesting about so you know how i mentioned with the returned how uh, and this is it's from the characters in this book that we have the confirmation that the investiture does travel between worlds Mm -hmm. um someone who is returned and goes to another world they can fuel their every week take a breath thing. Uh, they can fuel that with other investiture. Just eating metal, just eating gold. Yeah, it so keeps me on that thing. aluminum. The world, the world where the magic just literally flies around the world in a storm that you can recharge gems in. A lot of returned end up trying to get to that world if they know about it because all they have to do is stand outside in the storm once <laughs> a fucking week and they'll build up a shitload of investment. All they have to do is get a little wet good. every now and then, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's good it. to yeah, know literally. that they feel guilty about it. I'm good I'm glad to hear that. Hmm. Yeah, some more than others. Um I'm not yeah. You're not guilty about it? I'm saying <laughs> if they're this this level class, they're not feeling guilty about it. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh some do, some don't. Um, but all of them do it. And if they don't, they die. So they don't live very long if they feel guilty about it. I think you could justify it pretty well. If a god brought you back and knew these were the, the, the points and still wants you to get to a certain point to do this thing, you'd, you'd be like, yeah, I think it's worth it. You'd be like, yeah. Oh, yeah, if, 100%. But like, then you question, I mean, then you question if the gods, the, the gods got good judgment, but if the god can mm, see all futures, mm. maybe maybe they do. I mean, also, also suspicious because all of them come back as blank slates. So two things: one, returned, kind of funny the fact that they had would have had to figure out. So first one comes back, dies after a week. Second one, they go, okay, we probably should give some some breath to this guy. Lives long enough. After a while, they're like, fuck, how long is this guy gonna be around? Dies. Third one comes around, they give him enough breath. Eventually, goes to this massive battle and saves like a, a you know a 
queen leading one of the armies and everyone's like oh whoa maybe we should do this with more of them um next time the next guy comes along and fuels like a warlord or something and everyone's like oh uh. yep so it's like, we're just going to have to take a gamble on this one and keep an eye out on him. I like, yep. I like the idea there's a couple of people writing down every time. He's like, oh, he died after mm-hmm. a week. Oh, yep. Yeah. Well, that's we the other one. thing. Because what, so, he much lost another week. This, so much of this magic system and the breaths is very compounding and people are discovering it as they go. So one of the big wars that happened in the history of this world um, was happened when so you remember the lifeless i mentioned you could create them with one breath Uh um if originally it used to take 50 breaths to create them so it was really expensive to make these lifeless which was why people didn't just have armies and armies of lifeless to fight their wars but all of a sudden someone the same person that would go on to create that special sword they figured out a way you could phrase the command where it would only take up one breath and all of a sudden, one group of people went, hmm, so you're telling me I could get my entire army to make lifeless, give me the command phrases, and now I have an invincible army that's ten times stronger than the life... Cool. And thus, war started. Literally off um, on my fucking god. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> oh, um, well, these, these scholars, these scholars, they, I get why they're doing it, but they yeah. have a... This, this is a bad... It's going yeah. bad. These scholars um, are on a goofy little train. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, no, for every like, and I'm not justifying uh, investing in the military. Say what you're about to say. <laughs> Don't justify it. Go. Uh, I'm saying, technological advancement probably saved a lot of people. A lot of people could have a more. Ag- you have more people that can do these. Uh, uh, Efficiency, you have more agriculture, people don't starve as much, you know. Maybe people are working more in, like, hospitals, um, then people are getting saved more. I'm saying, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is this can be used for good, just people will use it for bad. Me, me, oh, 100%, me yeah, working yeah. in the palliative care ward, being friends with all the dying old people, being like, hey, got some, got some souls? Got some breaths? <laughs> got, some, got some breaths? Yeah. Uh, well, that's the other thing as well, because once people have a certain amount of breaths, no one really wants to kill them, but they do want to keep them as a prisoner because it's such a big waste to lose several thousand breaths. Mm. Um, so it's like... so it turns into the really big thing where you're trying really hard to make this person give up for their breaths. You know how you like um, people like date like older people so mm. they can invest uh, in- inherit all their wealth. I'm imagining that would be like an industry in this world. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's already it's an industry um, in this world. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah but it's yeah. even more powerful. You know, you don't just get their money; you get their yeah. you get magic. soul okay. powers. Um, yeah, and then um, so the interesting thing as well is how it compounds. So the stage of the world that the book takes place at is where you've got people that have had a few breaths passed down through some generations. Maybe that old man gave his breath to the young person who kept all of them, and then gave them to this person. So there's a lot of people around that kind of fifth to sixth heightening level. There's that one person who's really far. This world's only going to keep compounding the further along its history it goes because you're dead right, guy. In the book, they literally talk about the fact that the first returned that came back just left everyone confused. They watched <laughs> someone die. They watched someone die. Then all of a sudden, they grew to like seven foot tall, fucking sexy as hell, and slightly. I have returned with no memory of who they used to be 
And then a week later, they died. Great. And everyone was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's literally, um, so literally so I, Jesus. Je- I'm just, all I'm yeah. hearing is Jesus, re- he returned, he said he had good shit, and then he went. He died again. <laughs> yep. Well, he raised um, into heaven, so yeah, sorry. That rose to literally, heaven. So that literally just is a thing of the world. As people go, they learn more about it. So it's just going to keep compounding. So if we get a book in this world that's set like... I don't know, 700 years from now, there could be people with like hundreds of thousands of breaths. This just sounds like the economy we have now. But it's just like, if you look back in the people had people, millionaires were crazy, right? Like I said, there's a lot of not so, there's a a lot of not so subtle ironies in this book. (laughs) How, how, um, how, how old is the world? How many generations? Uh, not too, uh, mm. I can check quickly the per- the breaths that. Um, uh, would you, would you, hey guy, uh, would you give me your breaths? No. Why not? Because you don't need it. <laughs> what if I what was? What are you going to do with two breaths? What if I was at forty nine breaths? What if I convince no. forty other friends? It feels like this is like this feels like an. Um, a multi-level marketing scheme, you know what I mean? You're <laughs> at 49... Br- yeah, yeah, you're in 40... No, because that, that was... I had a thought earlier. I was like, all right, industrial concept. Hey, poor people, come work for me. You give me your breath, and then I will pay you a wage, and eventually you'll be able to buy it back. Secret being, I'm just going to pay them a minimum wage so they can get food, and then they sleep in my dorms, and then I keep their souls. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Holy shit, that's um, dark. So... Capitalism. Um, Inden- you're, you're creating endangered workers. That's what you've done. <laughs> correct. I can't tell you the exact, exact timeline right now. The the big war that happened when people discovered the one breath commands for the lifeless. The big war that happened there. And then at the end of that war is when we saw the foundation of the kingdom that we're based in for the book. Um, 300 years went past from that war to where the book takes place. So yeah, what, so at like least 300 years, probably a little more than that. Something like and that. People, people are immortal um, in this world, so, so people have first, lived for like yeah. hundreds of years. Six, seven, yeah, exactly. six, seven generations, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, yeah, so people are just going to keep building up stockpiles of breaths, um, which is so much fun. Um, but yeah, that is the very simple but very fun magic system of Awakening. That's delightful. I, 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 I really like this magic system. I really it's do. It's fun. Yeah, it's great. You I know, it. in, in a weird way, and uh, follow me here. I know you both uh, struggle with pop culture sometimes. But have you ever seen that movie with um, Jason Derulo? Jason Derulo? No. The other one. Um, fuck. I'll look up Jason Momoa? No. <laughs> um, the guy who's in NSYNC. Don't know that. Okay. Um, oh, Justin Timberlake? Yes, Justin Timberlake. Thank you. <laughs> have you seen in um in time no no so it's 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 a movie where everyone instead of having money i know this time, one no i know this one because i watched a video about it where a guy tried to calculate the price of a ps5 <laughs> <laughs> yeah so basically the basic um synopsis is instead of money there's everyone has time and you have like a thing and it like counts down in seconds right and mm. on your on your wrist and if it goes to zero you die Right, and right. the whole point: people go yeah. to work and they get like they, they work their shift and they get their time basically enough to go buy food with their with their time and go home, and they can like give time to other people and stuff like that. And the whole premise of it, like so, so, uh, I think his girlfriend or something, or so his mother or something like that. Oh yeah, because people are immortal in this world as well. His his mother uh, dies, and he's like at the depths of his world, but he, he like saves like a rich person. And they give him like a thousand mm. years or some shit like that. Mm. Mm. 
And and there's a whole the whole point is like that. I feel like that's exactly the same thing about the rich being really rich, having all these breaths and power, and the and the poor using their last breath, their last soul to get them to the next day. Like I feel like it's yep. all very much like that. Yeah, it's yep. good, hundred percent. Oh yeah, there was one. Sorry, you just reminded me. There was one other thing I was meant to say. Uh-huh. Um, Justin Timberlake's a great that, actor. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he is. Um, so I didn't talk about the drabs very much. So the drabs are the people who have got zero breaths. Um, yeah. Without the breath, people. color loses its vibrancy, and your other senses are dulled. Um, you are impotent. You are <laughs> le- not far off. Lame. Uh, and despite ableist. what some people, despite what some people believe in the world, being without breath does have significant negative effects. You feel less emotion and are more susceptible to depression. Oh. A person's allure decreases, as does their strength of their immune system. Uh, so you're gonna get sick all the time. You're more prone to strong emotions not and being sexy. sad and such. You're less hot. Um, no. You said no. They said you said they have less allure. That's sexy. Yeah. Uh, they will just start. They will just. They're more prone to like showing signs of aging faster. That sort of thing. Uh, if drabs are um, if drabs are real, I'm a drab. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel that. I they feel typically that, man. have shorter. They typically have shorter lifespans, and drab lacks life sense. So the instinctive feeling, to, you know, when you meet someone, yeah, you are a drab man. You know, when you meet someone that just has no spatial awareness at all, that's that they would be a drab. Um, Thankfully, I'm not colorblind though. I'm just regular blind. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. Um, so and also just a fun thing once again we don't know the specific reason but someone that dies a drab is incapable of returning oh okay presumably it's because without the investiture in their body they don't have enough connection to endowment to have the chance but who knows well yeah there's also Um, the chance probably the thing of like they have to be invested enough in the world to care about stuff and if you've got if you're a drab you don't have any emotions so exactly i guess i guess it's also like um um, mm. If if you're a drab, usually, and this is a sad thing to say, you usually don't have enough importance in the world to actually affect it. So you, the the god wouldn't yeah. notice you enough to bring you back. Mm-hmm. If you ever did get to that, if you actually do get past yeah. that level of not having a soul, yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing about the drabs, which is really interesting, and is a way that a thing that you can definitely play into in this world, and the closing note will end on, um, is that you, when you're a drab, you also give off no life sense. Um, so if you're someone of the higher heightenings who's not even used to really having to watch for people around you, you're just used to sensing someone walk behind you, you aren't going to sense a drab walking behind you. Drab assassins! Uh, Are you going to... Yes. No, but are you going to sense their invested items on them? If you're a high enough level, yes, but... Objects! Yeah! Yeah! Yeah. Objects! That one's really high up. So a lot of mercenaries and assassins and stuff will choose to be drab for long times um, because it's a really fucking easy way to just completely catch some, uh, an Awakener by surprise. They could be the best Awakened person in the world if you're able to sneak up behind them and give them one good knock to the head. All you have to do is take their Awakened objects off of them and they have no breaths, they're screwed. They can't do anything. Nice. Doesn't matter. They could have tens of thousands of breaths. If you take them away from anything, then yeah. I mean, it's quite kind of hard when they're when they're when they're level ten because they can just think any object around them can come to life. But yeah, oh exactly, yeah. Once again, that's there's not a lot of people like the way of dealing with awakeners. Yeah, the way of dealing with awakeners is designed for people of the absolute highest, like sixth awakening. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, that that is pretty much awakening. Is um, it? Is it? And this is a question I have for the people who are very mm. high. The <laughs> well, it's kind of like being high, I guess, having a lot of breaths. Um, do yeah. you feel more emotional? Do you feel more people's emotion because you're like sensing more in the world? You're sensing more pain, like paintings are giving you overload. Like, and I get that. We we talked about yeah, overload earlier. Yeah. When you're feeling, no, when you're feeling a drab, like you get that depression, you get no feelings, kind of thing. I guess, do you feel over emotional and like? Yeah, intense? you you can certainly feel more attuned to your emotions and more in touch with things around you. Um, once again, it's kind of one of those things where it's not if someone's particularly a particularly apathetic person, they may not be a difference. Like your individual personality will still play into it a bit, but if you're someone that's a very empathetic person, then you're probably going to be more so when you're really heightened. Interesting. I have two questions. Uh, yes. One, when you mentioned the little straw guy getting awakened, the specific mm-hmm. things that I remember being part of it were a body of a likeness, uh, a hair from his head, which was called a focus, mm-hmm. and color somehow. Yes. That is the actual last thing that I have up in front of me because I realized I forgot to mention Yay! Um, yeah, well, like, and this whole thing is... spills on color. So so these breaths. <laughs> um, so color as fuel. So awakening an object has the additional cost of draining the color of nearby objects. Um, so color appears to act as a fuel for awakening. So objects drained Ooh. of their color usually turn gray. However, if you're uh, high enough um, awakening, then it'll turn white instead of grey. Exactly. Um, If this uh, happens to an object, it cannot be turned from white to grey. But if you're a high enough level, you could use the grey to turn it to white. Interesting. Um, Nice. Yeah. Uh, While the color change is physical, um, there is stuff... Okay, so there's some other levels of existence in Anderson's magic systems, but I won't spiel on that. I mean, like, yeah, if you paint a wall blue and then Um, just keep keep painting it over, can you get... Can you just keep draining it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Sick. That was good. Um, So an effective way for an awakener to prevent an awakener from using their art is removing all color from a room apart from gray. Um, Black, although not typically considered a color is actually a source for awakening mm. once again there's probably a reason why black can be used and white can't but we don't know that yet brandon sanderson um, like the vibes probably um interesting that white and why is all colors whereas black's no colors interesting yeah 100 percent. yeah i'm sure there is a reason why he chose to flip it around yeah but, but white's anyway. like the colorless color whereas black mm. there's like some body white. to it i feel like well technically okay that's fair because white I mean, if we're talking about photo, like 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 actual like photons hitting something, mm-hmm. white reflects all, all um, all colors. Yeah, there's nothing in it. Colors. Exactly. Yeah. There's no yeah. there's no photons being absorbed. So that I guess you could say like that. And gray is close. We to always got to bring it back to some fucking science, don't we? Well, I like that. Yeah. That's <laughs> remind me to send, remind remind me to send you a video after this because there's a video Sando put out recently where he was with um he was just showing the level of scientific research he tried. He was See, to guy, some of his magic systems. See, anyway, fuck you. Um, this is why I'm. <laughs> Have a second. So, uh, sorry. Yeah, I'll quickly Go finish colors. this spiel and then I'll get to your one. Um. So the color of living things typically cannot be drained, and that's because the living soul interferes with the awakening process. Um, the color, what about um, color of things taken from living things, on the other hand, can be used. An awakener can, for example, use spilled blood as a color source. So there are definitely times where someone's had a cut, 
and then realized, oh, hey, like if they're being held hostage in a room with nothing that they could use as fuel for awakening, and then their torturer accidentally cuts them in the torturing process, they might go, haha, you fucking idiot. Um, I now have a source. What about, nice. um, what about drabs? Mm. Sorry, I can't. Um, drabs. Drabs don't have a soul to protect them, but they still be. Uh, no, but they're still a living thing. It's okay. not specifically meaning their breath protects them from being color drained. It just means that they, um, the, the fact that they're alive kind of just stops it happening. Sure. Sure. I have three things. Yes. I have increased by one, but since I last said something. That's okay. One. Uh, a evoker. What the fuck are the wizards' names? Awakener. Awakener's battleground. After you come to it afterwards, would be like shattered holes and stuff, but it's all grey. That's fun. Yep. Um, cool. Yeah. Cool aesthetic. Yeah. Cool literally, aesthetic. after that, um, after some of the uh, like uh, Awakener's fight in the Court of Gods in this book, there's just random splotches of stone that have been drained of color, and like random bits of trees that have been drained, and it's like, huh, that's cool. That's fun. Second thing, source mm. hair. Explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one was more specific so because it's your breath that you're putting into it the closer um, what was the convenient rule that I had just before uh, uh, I love uh, making you uh, pull yeah, up the rules um, it's my favourite hobby <laughs> um, so the closer a host is to a living shape and form the easier it is to awaken the meaning of this is that biochroma is the power of life and seeks familiar patterns of life so putting a little bit of his own body into it is going to make the breaths that have come out of you be closer. Uh, it's like so a it's going to make it, yeah, it's going to make it a lot less expensive to awaken that object. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Third and yeah. final. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned five scientists. What's up with them? The five scholars? Yeah. Uh, they are a group, one of the first, they are a bunch of returned who some of the first returned that discovered they could keep their life going if they kept collecting mm. breath and they began experimenting and pushing the boundaries and trying to discover what they could actually cool. do. Cool. Cause breath. now we have the context of what returns are. So we didn't have that yeah. originally. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah with how you. how long cool. have they been around? A very long time. So are they just ignoring their calling or is their calling really far into the future? Uh, we don't know specifically on these guys. These five, the thing about them is that they kind of existed before any other construct or belief in the world. Um, and they existed so long ago that before the time of this book, they had time to world hop to all of the other worlds in Sanderson's Cosmere, go, man, other magic systems are way better than us, (laughs) and then go back home. And that was the driving force to try and develop theirs more. That's great. To make it super, super... Insecurity, a, um, the most my, powerful motivating factor. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, we don't... The lo- basically, the short answer is we don't know with them. Okay. I have, I have a big theory um, that they are... Um, they've ignored their god's call, and that's why they've been around for so long, because they, they never did the thing, they never did the give up, and that's why they're like, they're unique five guys. <laughs> Imagine. That is that is that is one of the potential theories. Imagine you get your yeah. calling and you're getting your memory and personality back, and you're on a different planet. It's like, oh fuck, guys, I gotta <laughs> be home now. You've just taken like a, a different planet's drugs as well at the same time. You're like, oh, oh. No. <laughs> you had another thing, guy. No, that was or my was third. Was funny, ah, funny, lovely, funny lovely. land, hair, and scholars. That was my three. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Can, question: um, Can you? Mm-hmm. Can magic? This is the last. This is probably the last question I have. 
when when you have like the breaths and stuff like that, these guys, these guys are kind of magicians mm. in their own way. Can they use the the metals in the own, in their same way? Because like the metals, you eat them um, and you can have your like powers of push and pull. Can they do that? So maybe we actually don't know the interaction that might happen because the thing what we do know about Alamancy because Alamancy is the one where you burn the metals to use the investiture stored in them yeah um we know that there is something genetically different about someone in that universe that lets them actually break down the metal into its investiture. Interesting. So in theory, someone would need to be an Alamancer and an Awakener to be able to combine those things. We don't... That's kind of... To be completely honest, that's kind of the spot where the Sanderson books and Cosmic is at currently. We've had loads of books and loads of self-contained stories with hints to each other. We're really at the point now where we've got main characters from this book showing up in the main like Stormlight Archive series and starting to interact, and it's starting to get to the point where all the fans are asking, hey, but how does that person use that power, and how does that person use that power? So we're probably going to find out before too long the specifics of it, but yeah. Sick. And hey, I, stick around, because we'll definitely have a follow-up. If these books ever cross over fully, we'll go, we're going to fucking go in-depth about it. Yeah. Brandon, uh, Brandon yeah. Sanderson's added genes for what type of magic you use. I have brown <laughs> hair, brown eyes, and I can use Alamancy. Thank you. He's, he's a geneticist. He's a class... He's, he's looking at the class system. He's looking at... Uh, Genetics and whatever mm-hmm. that's called, mm-hmm. um, eugenics, which is what <laughs> eugenics and stuff like that. Like on like on these specific uh, bloodlines can use certain um, powers. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting man. I'm just I'm just thinking. It's an interesting. Don't man. <laughs> please don't try and imply that Brandon Sanderson has an interest in eugenics. <laughs> Brandon Sanderson, if you ever hear this, would love to chat to you. I don't, I don't think you're a eugenicist. Please. I think you got an interesting looking class, and I respect. Shut it. the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> You're just digging the hole deeper, please. Uh, well, anyway, classism and capitalism—that is Warbreaker. Mm. Well, if I take any more breaths in this podcast, God, it might go on too long. Whoa! Hey, hey, hey. give us five <laughs> breaths. Give us five breaths on iTunes. <laughs> Five yes. breaths out of five breaths. Uh, five breaths out of please, five. Please rate us favorably. For yeah. Rate us terribly. I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> but the first person to give us five stars will get Guy's breath. <laughs> no, my breath! We are Wait, selling you- it. <laughs> but uh, but seriously, it takes no effort, no breaths, no, no no nothing at all to leave a review on Spotify or iTunes. Even so. a drab can leave a review. <laughs> Even colorblind people can leave a review. <laughs> um, but uh, anything, uh, feedback, uh, message us on in, uh, at uh, Limb by the Law on Twitter and Facebook, um, and uh, and our email if you have uh, any particular interest, email us. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, share with your friends. Rate us on iTunes. Rate us on Spotify. We really appreciate everything that goes into this, and ev- and everything you do to helps us. Every rating gives you extra sexual experience power and color power. Mm. And one Legit, day, if you if you rate us enough, you will <laughs> you will get perfect pitch. Hey, if one thing we know about uh, this uh, th- from any, every magic world we've looked at, even our world, even the world we live in, number going up is good. Yes. Up is good. <laughs> and uh, that, that is all for this evening. 
So this uh, morning. This afternoon. Good night. <laughs> Good, night. <laughs> Good, Good day, sir. So, so, so can these um can these uh return fuck? Can they can they um can they, can they, <laughs> the can they real you? questions? I'll, I'll, can I, I fuck know. Do the they have to lick a history to re- to grow uh, organic organs? And, they have to uh, lick a history. I told you. I told you. That's like all they do all day. Most of them are really. Do they reproduce? Um, it's believed that it is possible, but none of them seem to. Camera God, baby! Camera I want to see those fucking eggs! <laughs> eggs! <laughs> Thank you for listening to Living by the Law. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave us on iTunes and tell your friends. The link is in the description, and thank you in advance. Also, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at Living by the Law to keep updated on the latest about our podcast. We have been, and always will be, Living by the Law. Thank you for your company and good night.